0: Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn movie Related Show on the planet Earth, the John Campia Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good things. It's Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. That means it's game day for jackass! Very excited for Jackass. I know Ray is super excited for Jackass. Going to go see that tonight. I'm not kidding. I'm very excited for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very, very excited for it. Anyway, joining me here today in this celebration of Jackass Day, sitting right over there, he is the producer of movies like Agent Cody Banks, director of the William Shatner film, Free Enterprise. He's worked on the, the documentary stuff, uh, material for like Lord of the Rings, Superman Returns. He's got Tango Shalom was out this year. He's attached to Dota on Netflix right now. What can he say about Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett? Robert, how are you doing today? Well, apparently I have no short-term memory. I can't
1: the we had less than a half an hour ago. That, John, it's great to be here for another fine day. Uh, another glorious day at the core.
0: <laughs> I, where all that came from... <laughs> Is that so when Rob walked in today, I mentioned, oh, hey, there's the Madam Web thing with Dakota Johnson. Cool. And that was about a half hour ago. And then about three minutes before we start the show, Rob looks up and goes, hey, guys, they're saying that. Dakota Johnson is joining the Sony Spider-Verse as Madam Web. And the three of us just look at (laughs) him, (laughs) saying, we had this conversation a few minutes ago. It's like someone's
1: going crazy. I don't know, man. Maybe too much coffee. Maybe not enough. It's
0: a good start to the day. (laughs) We're having a good start today. Anyway, sitting, of course, right over there. Joining me for the glory that is going to be Jackass later, he's going to be joining you guys in the live chat uh, during the show today. He is, of course, Ray Aura. Ray, how hey, you doing?
2: Hey, hey, what's up? Good to
0: have you here. And sitting right beside him, she is a vocal coach. She teaches voice acting and animations. You've heard her voice in a bunch of the animations you guys probably watch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Chris Carr. Hey, how you doing? It's good to have all of you guys here. And it's awesome to have you guys here today. Joining us for another fine installment of the John Campia show. It's always a glorious day in the core.
1: It is. Another, it is another, I love the core. I love the core. Every meal a banquet. <laughs> and Chris Carr is our own centipede.
3: That's right. A Out of context, of it. it always makes me go, wait. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Context <laughs> is king. Anyway, wait, Starship there's... Troopers and Centipede, we're doing well. We're, we're all
0: Starship
3: lined up. Starship Troopers was my first or, oh.
1: I, Aliens, I meant. Was that, you did start, you worked
3: on that? I now? did. The, the very, the animated film that they produced was the very first voiceover job I ever yeah. did. Really? Yeah.
0: Were you a Centipede?
3: No, yeah. I was an AI and a bunch of soldiers. Uh, Stephen Foster, who's mm. a lovely, lovely ADR director, was in my bar and we had a great time and I was getting him lots and lots of drinks, and at the end of it, he was like, You should come audition for me. And I thought it was gonna be just a thing he'd forget about, and then he hired me for like that's isn't shows. That the
0: classic Hollywood. Oh, story.
3: Yeah, wait
1: a minute, I'm, I'm, let's go back to you. Or you worked at a bar, and I didn't know this.
3: This was in Houston, Rob.
1: Oh, oh, this
0: is prior
1: this to is prior, is.
3: prior to LA
1: because we should have a bar here. Can you be a mixed master general? Uh, I
3: should set
0: yeah. up a bar in the back of the studio Absolutely. right beside Henry. Henry, Henry could like we, we could put like a little apron on Henry, could pretend like Superbar. he's a bar. Yes. Uh Anyway, guys, it is good to have you here with us today, joining us. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Here's how today's show is going to go. We break the show down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we take your live comments and questions. The way you get a live comment or question in is if you're watching the show live and only if you're watching the show live, you can use the super chat feature in the YouTube chat. It's open right now. A bunch of you guys have already been firing in a ton of stuff. We will leave that open for at least another 10 minutes, maybe, until we've got too many questions that we're able to answer, then we'll turn it off. So if you got a question or comment about any of our topics you see listed today, go ahead and fire that in. Uh, by the way, though, guys, if you're watching the show any other of the 22 hours during the day and you want to send in a question or comment for us to talk about, Rob and I now do a show called Mailbag, And we will do that several times. We've already done two episodes. We're going to do a third episode today. And that is the way you get questions on Mailbag, which is what we do after the show a little bit later, you can send in, is go down to the description of this video and you'll see a tip link. Click on that or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv tip. You'll be getting your comment or question on Mailbag if we deem your comment or question appropriate to be used on the show, of course. And of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. And thank you to all you guys who've already been sending in questions for Mailbag bag Oh, one other thing, guys, a little piece of housekeeping keeping here. If you guys need your daily fix of the John Campus Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video. Maybe you're commuting or jogging or at work. Good news, there's an audio-only version of today's show, an everyday show, that we call the John Campus Show Podcast. That puts up on all the major podcasting apps of choice. Whatever yours is, go there, search for the John Campus Show, and subscribe to it today so it'll be there when you need it. Okay, guys. With that down. Let's hammer a number of off the tops that have come out here this morning, shall we? And we're gonna start off with this one. You know, one of my favorite movies of the year, it's not gonna end up as, as my number one. And it's it's it may not even end up in my top two. But one of my favorite movies of the year was and, and it was my most anticipated film, was Denis Villeneuve's Dune. I I just when I saw Dune, I could not believe what they were able to accomplish. Like, I don't think, number one, they've ever been able to bring Dune to any kind of a screen, whether it's the big screen or small screen, and bring it to life the way that Denis Villeneuve did in this. And honestly, I don't know that it could ever be done as well. I don't know it can ever be done better than it is. And I absolutely loved it. My wife, Anne, who I saw with the first time, loved it so much. She became instantly obsessed with it. She turned to me after the movie was over, said, I like it more than Star Wars. And she loves Star Wars. And she's been obsessed with watching it. Like then we got home and she watched it like every day. She had it on every day until it wasn't on HBO Max anymore. And then she's like, well, I'm going to buy it now then. like, And a lot of people had this reaction. Well, we're getting into awards season. And we're starting to wonder what kind of success can it have? Well, the first major ones that have kind of led out is the BAFTA Awards. For To make it very reductive, it's the British Academy Awards, basically, to, to be really reductive about it. But Dune leads the field with 11 nominations. This comes to us from the folks at The Hollywood Reporter. Right, Denis Villeneuve's grand sci-fi spectacle, Dune, has emerged with 11 nominations for the 2022 BAFTA Film Awards uh, as unveiled on Thursday, leading the pack of 48 films that will be vying for gold statues at the ceremony on March 13th. Dune's results are unlikely to surprise too many. The film was hotly anticipated to dominate, especially in the craft categories. As it has done, it also bagged a Best Film nomination. Uh, there are other eight nominees, including The Power of the Dog. Kenneth has six nominations for um, uh, Belfast, which I, I love Belfast. Uh, but the nominees uh, elsewhere that are likely to have industry talking with the 2022 list to watch with new faces, unexpected additions, and several major SMTs. But anyway, we go down and take a look at some of the major categories. The best film nominations for BAFTAs are Belfast, no surprise. Don't Look Up. I'm, I like Don't Look Up. Don't get me wrong. I like the movie. I, I'm just... Surprises is popping up in all these best picture lists I, I don't think it's that good but that's just me That's just my own opinion anyway dune licorice pizza power of the dog also licorice pizza is another one that i like but i i just don't see the brilliance that a lot of other people are seeing but that's okay all films are subjective and the power of the dog and then a bunch of other stuff i love that dune is getting this kind of attention because i'll be honest with you guys as much as i liked it again not going to be my top two maybe not my top three but as much as i loved it i didn't know if as many people would like it or like awards folks would love it but they are they're embracing it i love seeing it rob you're seeing that dune is now nominated for the top award it it leads all films with 11 nominations at the baftas are you surprised it's getting that kind of attention and what's your overall thoughts now on dune now that we're separated from by a few months well, let me see if I can remember. Um, <laughs> Dune, uh, what he did a well, movie called Dune. No, I, I think that
1: it's undeniable that the craft on display in Dune is is impeccable. You know, I'm always banging on about verisimilitude, and I, I don't think I've ever seen a science fiction film that has the sense of reality that Dune actually has. I mean, it it's extraordinary. The cast is amazing. I, I, there's not there's not one place where i feel that dune falls down aside from the fact that it's only half the story but other than that i mean it's a staggering achievement i mean i i can't remember the last time i saw that on the warner lot in the steve ross theater and it was an overwhelming sensory experience like there's very few movies i've ever seen that do what dune does so it's not surprising that it's um burning up the awards charts john at As least it were. over the over across the <laughs> pond
0: um, Chris you had a chance what do you think about are you surprised it took one of the top five oh, because no. remember BAFTAs are different it's not like the Academy Awards where they'll have 10 nominees yeah. this had a much smaller list what do you think about it
3: I'm not surprised at all and I am so jealous you got to go to that Warner Lot screening I got invited to that and I couldn't go so instead I watched Dune as a screener
1: and oh. Dune is
3: something that should be experienced on a big screen it was incredible I uh, I just need to go see it again um, I just need to have the opportunity to see it on a big screen. But I think it does live up to all the things you want in a best picture, though. It is the big spectacle. It has gorgeous, gorgeous cinematography, the music, the sound editing. I mean, the the cast is impeccable. Like you, I do wish the rest of the story was there. I wish we had part one and two put together. Yeah. Um, and something I had to keep reminding myself, too, was that the pace was very reminiscent of the text itself, because <laughs> there were moments where it'd be, I'm used to... S- Stuff moving a little faster than this come on guys but i think that's also i've just been programmed to to expect big explosions and lots of action and things really really quickly so this is a slow burn movie that is worth it and i'm not surprised it's up for this nomination
0: i am still uh, agog and aghast that they did not green light shooting dune part two immediately yeah Uh, I, I don't like, if you're going to just... make that kind of an investment, like, I, I get it, I understand. Like, they want to do Aragon. We always go back to that one. We're going to make all three of those movies. <laughs> and, of course, in the words of Mike Tyson, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And they got punched in the mouth. You know, Universal was going, we're going to do all these monster universe movies, starting with The Mummy, we're going to do all this. And they got punched in the mouth. But with Dune, and with a top two or three greatest filmmaker in the world right now, yeah. and you're investing that kind of a property And you know you can save money and just the logistics of it. I'm still flabbergasted that they didn't just green light shooting at the second one back to back. At any rate, guys, question is for you. What do you think about Dune leading the way with 11 nominations for the upcoming BAFTA awards, including a best picture nomination? Are you guys surprised? Are you happy about it? Maybe Dune didn't work for you. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, Let's go on to another off the top here, and that is this. You know, one of the biggest conveyor belt churning out machines of absolute shit movies (laughs) is Netflix. Now, Netflix (laughs) is great when it comes to their TV series. I mean, oh, my God. And every once in a while, they'll squat down and, and squeeze out a diamond in the rough. Every once in a while, they will. They'll put out the odd movie that's really good. I don't like that image in my mind. So. <laughs> Sorry about that. But every once in a while, you'll get an old guard or you'll get an right. Irishman or you'll, you'll get something like that once in a while. But in the stream of the 70 to 90 movies they put out a year, the vast majority of them are crap. But one of the things that Netflix has done really well lately is they, they get all the movie stars now. Like all the big stars sign up and to appear in Netflix films now. And nowhere is that more, more apparent than the brand new 2022 Netflix preview of their upcoming movies this year. And Rob, you looked it up. How many, how many feature films have they got coming I think out this year? 88. 88. 88 films. That's one and a half new movies a week. I mean. One and a half new movies a week.
1: <laughs> and, and and, you know, they, there was I, like you said, Star Power, there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of fantasy-oriented stuff. There's some science fiction stuff in there. There's obviously Knives Out is in there. It looked like. I get excited even though I know I shouldn't, John. I get excited. I watch this thing and I'm excited.
0: So, am I wrong? No, I mean, listen, they're always good at making their movies look good. Like, we'll see, like that movie looks good. Oh yeah, they're always great at that. <laughs> and then you go and watch it and it's like, uh, you know, whatever. But but there were some highlights in this thing. First of all, they did the one of the things they did that I didn't think worked very well was they did the whole uh Deadpool breaking the fourth wall thing. And they did that with all their movie stars, Breaking the Fourth. Well, I thought that was a little bit cheesy. But other than that, you're getting like Jennifer Lopez in here. You're getting, I just had him and I lost him. You've got Academy Award winners in here. You got Ryan Reynolds in here. You got Ryan Gosling in here. You got Chris Hemsworth in here. You've got all these things. Now, of course, for me, the big thing, if I can find it here properly, there it is. This is the main thing right here. Knives out too. Like, that's the one, and that's the one they kind of held back until the very, very end. Obviously, they're treating knives out too, like that is the crown jewel right. of their film lineup this year. A couple of ones that I wasn't familiar with, I'll see if I can find them. But I think I have moved. Oh yeah, there he goes. We got Jason Momoa as some kind of a what do you call him? He's not a. It's not a centaur,
3: is it? A centaur? So he call looks him like there? a character out of Saga.
0: He looks so, exactly yeah. like a character I'm, right I'm out here of for saga, that, right? Yeah. Completely out of Saga. So there's that. The Gray Man looks really interesting, and that's the one, of course, we, we've got here with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, is in The Gray Man. I, I mean, we've been interested in that one yep. since they first announced it. The The Adam Project with uh, Ryan Reynolds, that scene where he like kind of pulls out that staff, and that that looks pretty cool. Yep. The the mother does look pretty interesting. They then also showed off Elona uh, Holmes too. I'm not huge on the first. It's, it'll, cute. It'll, it's, it's cute it's it's cute yeah I'll, I'll give fine. that for Alona Holmes it's not bad Henry
3: Cavill we it's got it. Henry we're you got so gonna, Henry in gonna, it you gotta give the benefit of the doubt yeah
0: so you got Henry in it uh, what was one or two of the other ones they had in there um, what, did what, did any of them stand out to to you Chris Anyone you're said, gonna
3: make fun of me so much uh-oh. but I'm gonna I, you all know how much I love bad Christmas movies so Lindsay Lohan in Christmas in Wonderland.
0: Oh my gosh, I forgot about that one. Oh being man,
3: on I'm gonna watch it. And I know, chat, I know I should do things probably better with my time, but I'm excited about it. It's, you know, our house, we like we like bad movies. It's Tombstone Pizza, it's still pizza.
0: <laughs> it's still pizza. Pe- now there's another one here that of course looks like a direct Harry Potter ripoff, which yes. was what The was school, it called? Of school for good. There's even a Hogwarts. In the background there. There's even a Hogwarts in the background. Charlize
3: being in that, though, does give me hope.
0: Okay, if, yeah, if anything is going to say this might have some credibility, it's it's the cast list. But mm-hmm. still, I just looked, if they didn't put up that title, The School for Good and Evil, I, I would think this is Harry Potter, the next class. Yeah.
1: But who would go to a school like that and study good? <laughs> I would. I wouldn't. I would absolutely study evil. You get further along in life, but Dark are, you, arts. you could cheat your way through school because that's wow. evil, and you that's get, allowed. You know, yeah, you get apparently. credit for it. I would get credit for it. I mean, I would go man. all evil all the time. Well,
0: that's so telling. <laughs> was there anything in this preview, Rob, that stood out to you that you think you're particularly? Well, interested I'm fortunate to? To the
1: Gray Man because it's like two guys that are—they're both assassins or something—going after each other. Yeah, we talked about that one a few months ago. Yeah, which that that it was nice. To, like you, to, what do you talk? You always call it tangibility the tangibilization, yeah, the tangibilization of it. The, the there it was. I'm like, oh, okay, great. That was the thing I took away from all of this. I'm like, wow, there's a there's a really huge lineup. Who can't Netflix get?
0: Yeah. And, they and can get look, everyone, everyone. They t- they take, look, as bad as 95% of their movies are, they take their movie making very seriously.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I how seriously can you take it when you're squatting down and crapping out 85 of them a year? Okay. I don't know. But I mean, they're serious about trying to promote. I mean, they're, they're spending the money, bringing all the big stars because they got to spend the money because- yeah, whatever. But I don't know. The question is for you guys. Are there any... Did you have a chance to check out this Netflix 2022 movie preview? There's some pretty interesting stuff in it, to be honest. Did anything in there particularly stand out to you? Obviously, for me, it's going to be Knives Out, too. That, that's what I... That I'm,
1: was a cool reveal when the camera pulls back and there's there's Daniel oh, Craig he, in the Yeah, former. he just
3: kind of walk,
0: comes into the yeah. thing there. Yeah, because uh, when they're walking on the boat, I'm like, oh, what's this one? And then Daniel Craig comes so in So it's frame, Death
2: like, on the Knives oh. Out.
1: Ooh,
3: well done. Sorry, (laughs) you know
2: So many choices to fall asleep So many choices. I got 80 (laughs) movies to catch my Z's on.
0: Anyway, guys, the question is for you, which one of those movies stood out to you? If any, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, one more off the top. There was a bunch that came out today. So one more off the top is this. Not a ton to reveal, but it's still pretty damn interesting easily my most anticipated show of the year more than any marvel show more than any star wars show more than any property brothers season 25 don't laugh i like the property
3: i brothers. love them i love for you. I like the
0: property brothers <laughs> yeah. that's great i think they're i think they're good canadian kids too if i'm not mistaken. i Probably. could be wrong about that but at any rate if you say it, it, it it's true <laughs> it, it might be true but the easily, the show I am most excited about is the Lord of the Rings show. Lord of the Rings, the, Ring of, the Rings of Power. That to me, which is, again, wrap your heads around this, folks. The most expensive TV shows in history on a per-episode basis. Game of Thrones was $15 million per episode. Above that, according to reports, the Marvel Disney Plus series are clocking in at about $25 million an episode. The Lord of the Rings series is, what was the final, what was it, 58? Something like
3: that. Yeah. 58 50, 50, 50, that's
0: million dollars. And that doesn't even include the rights, dude. That doesn't include the rights, in which was over a billion dollars, but what all together was over a billion dollars. But the production budget, just the pure production budget on the series is more than double the... Of what the most expensive television show And oh, there's only, was. what, eight episodes of the first season? Eight episodes, which breaks it down to about $58 million per episode. But it's not the money that they're spending on it, although that's encouraging. I mean, look, they always say, put your money where your mouth is. Amazon is clearly saying we are dead effing serious about okay. this Lord of the Rings show because we're putting all the money. We're putting all the money into this thing, and we believe in it. Then they did that first little teaser a little while ago that about two years ago, they put out that little teaser of all the people who work behind the scenes on it, which got my blood flowing. I was really excited about it. Anyway, now we got a full release date, but also we got some character posters, but they did it a little bit differently. Instead of showing us the faces, they show us the hands of the characters. So I have no idea who or what we're looking at. I mean, they, they don't put- know who's playing those parts yet. no idea They don't
1: know it's been in production so
0: long (laughs) so they go through we get a look at some of these by the way September 2nd we are only seven months away from this show coming out we get a look at some of these things there's a hand with no rings on it which is kind of interesting there's a couple with no rings this one's got to be Elvin right doesn't that one have to be like Elvin when you look at the clothes the hands don't look quite fair enough but I'm thinking Elvin that might be a wizard all this stuff
1: looks too new
0: yeah yeah
1: they, oh, I, I don't know. I think it looks, looks too great. new, man. Where's the where's the wet aging on this stuff? And that's cool. also
0: got to be Elven, right? That's Elven armor. That would be
3: Elven, I would believe. And
0: that's definitely an Elven sword, <laughs> yeah. I, I believe. Then, you know, oh, like, a, a, oh, then, yeah, you're learning. hands, baby. Let's look at their hands. Let's look at their hands. Again, no ring on that one, but maybe a, a ranger of some sorts. I don't know. The sword work looks amazing, too. Mm-hmm. The stuff we're learning, the swords and the stabs look great. Well, this is clearly someone from Rohan. Rohan.
3: Yeah.
0: Woo! Yeah, I love Rohan. I, I Who love sings his... that song, Put a Ring on It? The Beyonce? Beyonce.
1: The Beyonce song. Yeah, they put should a have ring Beyonce just do a, a cover an version Elven of that, version, of her own song. An yeah, the
0: Elfin version, that. An Elven <laughs> version <laughs> of it. Sing it uh, and that. then obviously, like, uh, I don't know if we got Jack and the Beanstalk going on here. There's going to be a little bit of that in, in the show. Again, they put out a lot. These are a lot yeah. of characters. And, and it just keeps going. I think this, I'm very excited. Very. Look at how many of they
3: have. More Rohan. We got a symbol Muna.
2: Yep. <laughs> they should have got a taller camera, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's way too low, man. Come on. Let's see their faces. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was a, clearly a hobbit. All right. It was a hobbit.
1: It take was a hobbit. But again,
0: they're, they're, like there's more. Like These, they really are putting out NNG. Oh. I wonder what that one oh, is. Yeah.
2: That one's probably the best one right there.
0: I wonder what that one is. September second. So look, it's again. We're not seeing faces. We're not seeing the, the full characters, but just the fact that they're now just starting to roll out the stuff. Again, you mentioned it already, Rob. The tangibilization. Tangibilization. I love all hey, of those. This. Are nothing
1: like the new Marvelous Mrs. Maisel poster, but I'll I'll, I'll allow them. <laughs> Come on now.
0: You know, uh, I I gotta ask because there's only one person in this room who literally has a pet named after a Lord of the Rings character.
3: Gimli's on a gloin. Is the
0: name of one of your dogs.
3: He's the best boy.
0: Um, You've seen these, you're obviously excited for the show. What stands out to you about these images?
3: I am so hyped. The The two folks from Rohan is really yeah. what stood out to me because the other things, like I'm, I'm not as great at the iconography. I'm no Stephen Colbert. I'm so excited to watch him break down these posters because he's <laughs> such a Lord of the Rings nerd. But this just gets me even more excited. Um, this is a show too that I'm planning on watching long distance with my best friend. She loves the Lord of the Rings as much as me. She has a Simble Muna uh, tattoo she's designed for somebody. Like... I'm just so hyped to watch this and geek out to this,
0: Robin, what stands out to you as you look at these images? You mentioned they kind of look new to you, well, yeah, you know they look too you know what they look this is gonna seem weird.
1: They look a little TV and not enough feature film for me. And Ooh. I thought with all the money mm. that they're spending, they just look like it's a fashion shoot right. I, I want to see blood. Where's the blood, dirt, and sweat <laughs> on the, but I get it. I get it it's I thought it was a cool way to start promoting this series, get people excited. Uh, I hope that means, you know, when they drop posters, sometimes that means they're going to drop an extended trailer, perhaps. I don't know. It would be nice if they did. But I'm excited. I mean, you know, like you, John, I think this TV show is either going to be amazing. Can you imagine if it's just kind of like, eh, it was all right. I mean, this is either going to be a spectacular triumph or it's not going to be that. (laughs) I I, I I (laughs) I just can't imagine. It's still a TV show. Like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, this TV show, each episode costs more than many movies. I mean, Star Wars cost, what, $9 million when it was made back in the 70s? And and now we're getting a show that is basically 10 Star Wars?
2: Yeah.
1: If you go back to that original budget. Uh, This show better, like, I I, want to grow wings or get superpowers after each episode because that's how much I feel this show should give to all of us.
0: You know it's it's funny too because a lot of people will say well they make their movies now with or they make the TV shows with movie budgets now. And it's like no they don't. <laughs> no. Not even not even close. This <laughs> is.
3: Yeah. Y'all see those trick arrows in Hawkeye? No, that's not a movie budget. Yeah,
0: no, especially even even <laughs> if those numbers are correct and each episode is like a 25 million dollars thing, right? Okay, so that means if you put about three of these episodes, because some they'll range anywhere from 35 to 45 minutes, sometimes 50 minutes. Okay, put together three episodes, $75 million budget. Okay, that's great for an indie film or a mid-level budget movie. But if you're talking actual Marvel movies, which which run $175 million to $200 and something million, the TV budgets don't come close. So please stop with this. They're making the shows now with movie budgets. There's only one that does. And that's Lord of the Rings. Now, whether or not we'll see that, right? That's going to be another question. I mean, it's still going to be an hour-long show.
1: You know, what are they going to give to us in that hour-long?
0: I don't know. I cannot wait though. But I, I, yeah, yeah I know. It's, I think out. it's going to be
1: great. But I just can't imagine if my life isn't changed after every episode, I'm going to be
0: disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Question is for you. You had a chance to see these posters September second. September 2nd, these things come out. Are you excited for it or you're not? Remember, we're still seven months out. This is just meant to be little tastes, seven months out. We're going to get the real marketing as we get much closer, but still, I'm excited to see it. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campion Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You guys come up with them. See, whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campius Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today?
3: First topic is coming from Jared Smith. Hello, John and crew. Love the work you guys do. Thank you. So the first three episodes of Pam and Tommy released on Hulu, and I know you've had interest due to Sebastian Stan and Lily James. Lily James. <laughs> I'm curious to know if you've seen the episodes yet and what your thoughts on the show are so far. Thanks. And as always, bring on the filthy.
0: All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Jared. And yes, uh, we've had this. Look, we talked about the, the Pam and Tommy Lee show last week there was some controversy about whether or not they should be doing these things and you know I, I believe you should be telling these stories these are stories that are about and happened in public and and stuff like that and i and i guess so that that debate aside which we're not going to revisit again i was fascinated when they mentioned because at first i was just like we're going to tell the story about a sex tape i mean who cares and then the more we thought about it, when we saw the first day every yeah, <laughs> and we saw the first trailer for it. I remember thinking, "Oh, looks like they're actually going much deeper than that." Right. And I decided last night, Anne and I, because it dropped yesterday, and Ann and I decided we're going to sit down and watch it. And there's some really good reactions, some lukewarm reaction. I'm going to tell you what I thought this show is great. Wow. I, I I honestly think it's great, and it is not the show that I thought it was going to be, because listen, we get to the end of episode three. And they're just really starting to get into the sex tape. Right. Like everything else in in those three episodes is really about laying this incredible context. A lot of stuff I never knew. And it's so funny because like the first episode is just all about Seth Rogen's character. The guy who ultimately gets the sex tape, right? It's really focuses completely on him. And then as I'm watching this and his interactions with Tommy Lee and, and stuff like that, I'm like, I'm watching it and I'm like, if this was just a movie and not real life, I'd be like, you get that sex tape and you release that sex tape to the public because like you're like oh my god this guy has been wronged like very very wronged and you're like cheering for him i found myself cheering for him to get that sex tape and release it and humiliate those people and blah blah and then the second episode completely changes direction and it all just focuses on pam and tommy And it goes back in time a little bit to them first meeting. And then it tells everything kind of from their point of view. And then all of a sudden, like, no, no, don't let this sex tape come out. Don't let this happen. And then it moves into the third episode, which kind of looks at the story from another different point of view. And as it's going through, I just found myself riveted. I found myself really, really enjoying this and and buying into it a lot. And I'll tell you one of the other things about this show that they've done that I really, really appreciate and like. It reminds us because everybody will say they know this but nobody seems to actually grasp it. Life is very rarely black and white. And one of the things that I loved about this and I'm not going to go into the specifics of the, the interactions between Seth Rogen's character and Sebastian Stam as, as Tommy Lee but you see Tommy Lee from one guy's perspective from the Seth Rogen's character's perspective and all you think of is What an absolute asshole that Tommy, like what an absolute insufferable asshole that guy is. But then you move into episode two and now you're looking at Tommy Lee through Pamela Anderson's eyes. And while you still think this is not a highly intelligent individual, you're like, I could see why she fell in love with him. Right, like, because now you're seeing him because he's a little bit different with a different person, and she, he allows a certain part of himself to be seen to her, and the way she perceives him, you're like, man, I could totally see why she would love him, and why she adores him. I get it. Yeah, he's not terribly bright, but I mean, I can see why she loves him, and I like the fact that within the first two episodes of this show, it forces because we as an audience, we want to just label everything, right? We want to label that guy's an asshole, that guy's a great guy. That guy's greedy. That guy is generous. That guy, like we ju- we're just very comfortable with slapping one label on people and go. But we are multi-dimensional beings. And one of the things that I really appreciated was this this show could have just gone, oh yeah, Tommy Lee, rock star asshole. And they could have just gone with that. Right. And they introduce us to that, but then they also show there's another side too. And I really appreciate it because I found as these three episodes progressed, I was like, this is a great look at humanity and as at us as people the complexities of who and what we are and what matters to us and pamela anderson comes across as very very surface level also not terribly bright but then at another time they re- they re- they reveal like a much emotional deeper element to her and a depth of what her background put her in and where she is as an individual and i just got to, and there is also a look i've never thought i'd see a show where a, a guy on hulu would have a fully explicit full frontal scene in a conversation with his own dick. I never thought I'd see that, but there's a scene that's like five minutes long of Sebastian Stan talking to his dick full frontal, all view uh, full view, <laughs> the whole thing, a lot more nudity in this show than I thought there would be a lot more nudity. There's a, is his dick articulate? Uh, oh. Yes. and smarter than he is uh kind of (laughs) yes but also i'll say like lily james may i sometimes joke about season one of the the witcher about um uh why am i forgetting the name of the character yennefer that man that yennefer she loves being naked lily james naked a lot (laughs) lily james and sebastian stan are both naked a lot in the show, but you know what? You get swept up in this ride, and I'm going to tell you. For me, I I am fascinated by the show. I'm really loving it. It's making me appreciate the narrative of what brought that whole cultural phenomenon into being. It's making me appreciate Tommy Lee more. It's making me appreciate Pamela Anderson more, and it's making me appreciate how people negatively would feel about them, but positively. And it, I I don't know. I'm just telling you, this thing has given a depth to this whole story that I didn't think was possible. So I'm really enjoying it a lot. It's now they've only dropped three episodes. Three at the, episodes at first, yeah.
1: Okay. And then you know I was I was listening to them talking. They were doing an interview. I don't know who with, but Lily James said she was like in the makeup chair for three hours to do the transformation on her face. She looks just like Pam Anderson. Is that do you feel that when you're watching the show?
0: It's it's uncanny. Like when you're looking at look, they did, also did a very good job with Sebastian Stan yeah. being Tommy. They did. But I still, when I look at him, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm looking at Sebastian Stan playing Tommy Lee. Right. I am telling you, there are scenes where I caught myself wondering, did they use actual period footage of Pamela Anderson here? Or is that? No, no, no. Once again, that's Lily James. Like, it is so uncanny. And it's not just the look. It is the mannerisms. It, I mean, Lily James has just brought this character from the early 1990s and like time traveled her to today. And I, I'm like, I'm flabbergasted. And by the way, it's not just face makeup they did. They gave her boob prosthetics. <laughs> and because they even wanted her boobs to look just like right. Pamela Anderson. Of course. And But that's part of it. Like the whole, every time you're looking at her, you're hearing her. Her her articulation, you're seeing her mannerisms, you're seeing her physically. It's like it's just that's it's I'm looking, I'm not looking at somebody playing Pamela Anderson. I'm looking at Pamela Anderson. It's crazy what they were able to do. So, I mean, yeah, I I like to not now, now listen, I wanted to ask you, Chris, like where do you have in anticipation for this show like where is it at like have you been looking forward to it? what's what is interesting to you about it do you want to see it do you not where are you at with it i'm
3: still intrigued and there have been other reports we won't get into it too much of how they've tried to reach out to pamela and everything like that so you know it is again this isn't a black and white issue we're not sure how everything shook down in pre and post-production um the thing i'm most excited about though now honestly is jason manzuka is voicing a penis <laughs> <laughs> i mean i love that guy and that that does get me uh a little more interested in seeing this to <laughs> just See how that whole scene shakes out, but I, I'm really impressed too. Like we are talking about
0: the like scene things. shakes out. Sorry, may, maybe you'd have to have seen the episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no! The whole scene shakes oh no! Out. Okay.
3: That's, oh, I see what you did oh, there. Oh no! I didn't mean to. Um, <laughs> but I, I am, I am really intrigued though to see the transformative properties that happen here. Like the makeup artists here truly are wizards, and it. Everything I've seen to it looks like the two of these actors really, really inhibit these roles, inhibit these people really, really beautifully.
0: And I'll, I'll tell you what else. Like as ridiculous and stupid as their whole relationship was. Because you realize, oh, they, I, I, if I interpret it right, they met and were engaged five days later. Like I've known people, no, I'm not kidding. I have literally. Known I think they got
1: married that. five days, four days later or something. Or,
0: or like within the week or yeah. something like that. But as 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 stupid, as dumb as a decision that two people like that make um, based on that, I will tell you what. When these two were on camera together, you felt the electricity between them. You really did. Like, you felt the electricity between Sebastian Stan and Lily Jane, the way they brought that to life in this kinetic, raw, hedonistic kind of energy that they had. And again, like I said, then they would have these tender moments where you're like, okay, this Tommy Lee, total asshole in one episode, but man, for what he just said to her, what he just did for her, of course she's in love with him. Like, I, I again, I just love the complexity of it and the way they were brave enough to kind of say, no, we're not just going to paint this with one brush. We're not just going to look this from one a one-dimensional point of view. We're going to look at these as people mm-hmm. and the totality that that encapsulates, you know? And I I really enjoyed it. Like, not my favorite show of the year so far, but far better than I thought it would be. Anyway, guys... What do you think? Have you guys had a chance to check out Pam and Tommy yet? If not, I actually recommend it. I think you should give it a shot. It's much deeper than I thought it would be. If you have seen it, what are your thoughts on it? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number two, shall we? Chris, what is our second main topic today?
3: This one comes from Steve Calderon. I was curious, but still wanted to see Channing Tatum and Gambit before the movie was canceled. Tatum recently told Variety he was so traumatized not playing Gambit that he didn't watch any Marvel movies. He also said he would still love to play the character. If you're Kevin Feige, would you give him the chance to play Gambit in an X-Men movie or Disney Plus show?
0: All right, thanks a lot for writing that in, Steve. Look, I'm going to tell you what, unpopular opinion. When they announced that Channing Tatum was going to play Gambit, I loved it. And it was very reminiscent, again, of when they announced Ben Affleck was Batman. And everybody laughed at I said, I love this. And when when they announced, again, with Batman, when they announced Robert Pattinson, I said, this is going to be great. But everybody was laughing at it. And I remember when they announced that Channing Tatum was going to play Gambit. Everybody laughed. And, again, there was a long period of time that I believed and said on my various movie blogs and shows and podcasts, that Channing Tatum was the worst actor in Hollywood getting regular work. He, and I you believe, don't like magic, Mike? Uh, now, now, hold on a second. Come on, man. There, there, was, there was a period of time that I really felt that this Channing Tatum dude was absolutely the worst actor in Hollywood that was getting regular, consistent work. But this dude dedicated himself to being a true actor. And he worked and he worked and he trained and he trained and he got instruction and instruction and he never let up. And eventually you start to see the evolution of him as an actor and getting better and better to the point now that I don't just think he's decent. I get excited to see Channing Tatum in movies now. I actually think he's really good. I think he's come a long way. And when they announced him as Gambit, I thought, you know what? This works on several levels. He's evolved as an actor. He's got the, 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 presence of it like i look at him and think this guy could could play that his acting chops have gotten up to a level and he can absolutely bring the physicality when you look at his dance background this dude can bring the physicality to this role and i think he would be a great gambit now a lot of people disagreed and that's fine but they were moving ahead with it fox was going to do it they were like they they had already hired cast they had rented production offices they'd done everything And then Disney took over Fox and it went away. Uh, This comes to folks over at Coming Soon, write the following. They would call him flamboyant. Uh, This is Channing Tatum speaking. They would call him flamboyant in his description, Tatum said. I wouldn't. He was just the coolest person. He could pull uh, anything off. Most superheroes, their outfits are utilitarian. Batman's got his belt. Gambit's like, nah, this shit's just fly, bro. (laughs) This just walked down the Paris runway last year. He's just wearing the stuff that's so dope because he loves fashion. Uh, Reed Carolyn also spoke on the film telling Variety that the movie the movie itself was on the one yard line. And that the duo had even set up production offices, cast the film, and was prepared to begin shooting in New Orleans. They were actually going to shoot right in New Orleans, which is perfect for for that setting. Unfortunately for them, the chance of bringing Gambit to the big screen all but fell apart after Disney merged with Fox, a move that Tatum says left him traumatized and unable to watch any recent Marvel films. Once Gambit went away, I was so traumatized, Tatum said, I shut off my Marvel machine. I haven't been able to see any of the movies. I loved that character. It was just too sad. It was like losing a friend because I was so ready to play him. That again comes to us from the folks at Coming Soon, uh, quoting Channing Tatum. Uh, Here's the thing. This, he wasn't just an actor cast in the role. He was the creative engine behind it. He was the one bringing everybody together. They had spent years putting this together. They got the script where they wanted it. They thought they'd been given the green light. He even showed up on the panels at Comic-Con with, like, with the Fox you know, cast and everything. They were ready to move forward with this, and then it went away. Do I blame Disney for that? Absolutely not. Disney has their plan. They have their vision, they have their universe, and they are going to do, and Kevin Feige is going to do, what is best for his plan. And that didn't include Gambit, at least not at the time, and it didn't include Channing Tatum. I don't blame Kevin Feige. Do I lament for Channing Tatum? I do. And listen, he's not alone. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of many, many projects that people have worked years on every year and feel like they're going to get it made, and then it's all pulled away from them every year. This is not a rare case. This happens a lot. Maybe not on the scale of a comic book movie, but it happens all the time. But still, I lament for him for that and for the fact that I wanted to see him as Gambit. I did. I still, to this day, think he would be great. Now, obviously, when they took over Fox, Gambit, for those you do not know, is a mutant. And Kevin Feige said, I am five years away from be, from being ready to bring in mutants. Nobody believed him. They thought, no, no, mutants are going to show up in the next, nah, and they never did. But he said, "This five years away. I got to believe somewhere in my, the, my heart of hearts that maybe, maybe there's a chance we could see Channing Tatum, you know, throwing them playing cards around, doing what he does, speaking in that New Orleans kind of draw. I mean, I, I got to believe, I hope he does. I'll just say that. I hope he does. Again, story is served by the characters and characters are served by the actors. You don't go, well, we Channing Tatum deserves to play Gambit. Let's make a Gambit movie. That's ass backwards thinking. It's not it should be done. But I'm just saying I hope that that circumstances align that maybe someday we do get to see it because I would like to. And I'll say there's maybe like a 3% chance it does. Rob, you know, you followed this whole... Drama as it unfolded with it. I remember us talking about stuff like this. even Oh, back yeah in the heroes days. Yeah with this story Channing Tatum is still now just kind of opening up and revealing like it it devastated him He was devastated. No, I mean, you, think about this?
1: you know when you go down the road to get a movie made and you think you're good It's happened to me, too I thought I was making a film and two days before principal photography it fell apart uh, You've done so much prep work and thought about it and so much There's so much work that goes into a movie before you even get to shoot it. It's heartbreaking because it's not just the work that's involved it's your mindset and what it does you you in your mind you have to have seen yourself making a project even before you make it and it's it's heartbreaking man and you never get over it you never get over it but you know what we did get john my beloved jupiter ascending <laughs> so there is a silver lining to every dark cloud and i love jupiter ascending it's a disney princess movie and if you look at it that way you'll like it more
0: i i gotta ask are you being serious did you actually like jupiter ascending dude
1: i love jupiter ascending oh my love god it, love it love it what's not to love where he plays a a gravity he's got gravity boots skates on and he flies through the Skies I mean, I, of Chicago, fighting aliens and...
3: Eddie Raymond. Eddie Raymond's not to love.
1: Oh, man. I'm that. telling you. I'm telling you.
0: I don't know. I never thought we would find a film that we would disagree more over than Hook, but I think we found it. That, that is, is like standing. one of the worst cinematic films in it's history. It's a Disney
1: princess movie, and it's beautiful to look at.
0: That's true. Oh, hey, oh, no, hey, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to take that away from you. I agree. It's Visually, it's beautiful. It's very pretty. But what do you think? Like You see this whole stuff here, Chris, mm-hmm. with Channing Tatum and like, were you ever looking forward or did you ever think it was a good idea to have him in this? And, and what do you think about his comments today? I
3: did think it was a good idea. Okay, listen, say what you want about this character, but there is a little bit of like sleazy sexiness to Gambit. Like if y'all grew up watching that 90s cartoon show, you know that was there. Yeah. Gambit got down, Gambit out, okay? <laughs> And Channing Tatum, I think, can lean into that part of the role really, really well. He also is going to suspend his disbelief to be able to be somebody who's using cards with kinetic energy. Like, he'll commit to that. Like, he's committed to dancing and doing all kinds... Being a werewolf with space boots, you know? That's right. He, he does <laughs> Who make...
1: wants to get his wings back? Yeah.
3: He, he commits to this. Um, I mean, Taylor Kitsch was fine in Origins. That was one of the few, few decent things in there. Um, but I think Channing Tatum would have done a lovely job. And it is, for anyone to, who's hearing his comments thinking he's being over dramatic or or being you know um sophomoric about that reaction of being traumatized and stuff I get it when you don't get a role that you've fallen in love with it's hard when you've been cut out of projects which is what happens so much y'all finished products it's a miracle they happen You know, so much goes into making a movie. I can't tell you how many times something I've auditioned for and landed has ended up not going into production. Or we make it through production and then the budget gets cut and then we're Mm -hmm. not in it. Or we get all the way to the end and we're at a premiere and we go, oh, I'm not in this. Like that
2: that happens.
3: That happens. Liv and I, were in a music video where we like leads in the music video and we watched it and they cut out every actor except for the singers. And we were like, what the? What is this? What's happening? It just happens. So it's really hard to not separate yourself from the work. I know it is show business, not show friends. We say that a lot. That's Rob's wonderful phrase here that I've utilized so much in my own life. But man, it's hard to separate yourself. That's Bob Sugar you're...
1: from Jerry Maguire. Oh, is it is?
3: That, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, I, I wish it was original. I can't take-
3: I've always been like that. No, that's, that's Cameron Crowe. Oh, shoot. Well, but, I mean, but then take that
0: and amplify it by, it's not just a, because like, you know, Aaron- Aaron Cummings, who's had a lot of roles in a lot of big TV shows, where this Blacklist, um, uh, Nip Tuck, Mad Men, The Flash, Mm -hmm. Rookie, I mean, on and on and on, right? But that also means there were roles she didn't get. And I I remember, you know, she's always kind of like, gets excited about a role that looks like she might get and you don't get, but now compound that with it being not a role you almost got, but a project you've been spearheading for almost 20 months. Yep that you've been pouring yourself, making every phone call, calling in every favor you have, bringing in every creative friend you have, making every contact and connection you have and pouring yourself for like 20 months into it and you're building it and you think this thing is happening and now you're moving forward. This is gonna be your baby. And then after almost two years of work, a year and a half of work, it's gone by something that isn't even remotely connected to you. Like it had nothing to do with him and it was just, Mm -hmm. oh, the company that was gonna do it just got bought. And the company that bought it doesn't want to do it. It had nothing to do with it. It wasn't even that you dropped the ball, it was that circumstance. Shit, I can't even imagine it. Yeah. That must that must have been horrible. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about all this? Do you feel bad for Channing Tatum? So, talking about that it still kind of scars him. He's it still devastated him. Or did you ever want to see Channing Tatum as Gambit? A lot of people didn't, and maybe you didn't. I kind of did. Whatever you guys are thinking about it, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your. Thoughts. Especially about Jupiter ascending. It's, you no, know, we, we, we don't talk about Jupiter <laughs> ascending. Like ever. Anyway, uh, no, honestly, guys. Now, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three here, shall we? Chris, what is our third main topic today?
3: Third topic is from Gary Altright. Hi, John. First time, long time. I've got to thank you for turning me on to John Wick films years ago. They're now some of my favorite action movies ever, and I loved part three and Halle Berry's Sophia character. I read that she may be getting her own spin-off movie. Do you think that could work? And would you be excited for it?
0: All right, thanks a lot for saying that in, Gary. And yeah, I, I, obviously I think all of us around here are big fans of the John Wick franchise. That is a little franchise. Everybody forgets now. It's, it's kind of like the Robert Downey Jr. situation. Everybody forgets that before Iron Man happened, Robert Downey Jr.'s career was not much, right? He was starting to get little projects here and there and doing some good stuff and whatever, but he had already two strikes. He kind of fallen out of favor with Hollywood once, kind of started coming back with Ally McBeal. Everybody was loving him and Ally McBeal. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Ally McBeal fired him again because the drug situation again, all that kind of stuff, lost his career again. And then John Favreau says, you know what, I think this guy should be our Iron Man. And Disney was like, hell no. But then he convinced them. They show himself and then boom. But everybody forgets that Robert Downey Jr. wasn't the big major movie star in the world for a long time. And I think a lot of people forget that John Wick was kind of a resuscitation for Keanu Reeves. Because Connie Reeves is just putting out a lot of movies that nobody's really paying attention to. The John Wick movie gets advertised. Eh, it's a Keanu Reeves movie. It's going to be whatever. But then it comes out. And it's like, oh my God. And all of a sudden, the Keanu-sance began. And the world has been Keanu Reeves' oyster ever since.
1: And that first movie's really good. Oh, it's
0: great.
1: And it, with the world that it, it sets up. And I mean, it's really good. And he was great in it.
0: And I and I thought the first one was better than the third one. Or sorry, yeah. so let me rephrase. I thought the first one was better than the second one. I still like the second one very much. But then the third one came out. And I actually think the third one is my favorite. And one of the reasons for that is Halle Berry's character who I thought they brought her in and her dogs. You guys know me and Ray are dog guys, yeah. but the, they brought in her dogs as well. And I love the character. I thought she was great. And I have been looking forward to seeing, cause you know, I love the continental, the whole mythology of the oh, continental yeah. hotels and the fact that she was the manager of another country's continental. I thought that was great. I thought the action sequences were great. I've been looking forward to her coming back. So Halle Berry recently talked about her status with John Wick four and the fact that she may be getting a spinoff movie of her own. And I'll tell you right now, I'm interested in it. This comes us from the folks over at Variety, Write The following Sophia is not in the next John Wick movie. So there's the status on that, says Halle Berry. Although the character might be getting her own spinoff film, there could possibly be a Sophia, her own movie. So she might not be in John Wick, but she might be doing her own thingy thingy, Barry added, that starring in her own John Wick spinoff movie would be putting some ointment on a little sore, alluding to her James Bond spinoff movie that never happened. Barry played Bond girl Jinx opposite Pierce Brosnan in 2002's Die Another Day. Bond producer Barbara Broccoli wanted to give Barry's Jinx her own movie, but the studio balked at the intended $80 million budget and the project was killed. It was very disappointing, Barry told Variety in September of 2020 about losing her Bond spin-off movie. It was ahead of its time. Nobody was ready to sink that kind of money into a black female action star. They just weren't sure of its value. That's where we were then. All right, and that comes to us once again from Variety. So listen, the idea of her getting her now her own spin-off movie is great, but I'll tell you what, I am intrigued. The very fact that she's connected to the world of the continental. The fact that she is shown she can do action great. The fact that she has the two dogs. Now, would I be more excited to see And that she Wick? survives a moonfall? And the moon falls <laughs> and she survives it. Would I be more interested in John Wick 4 or Sophia spin-off movie? I'm more interested in John Wick 4. Yeah. But we live in a world where we don't have to have either or, we can have both and. And listen, I'll tell you what. I'm down for it. But I'll tell you, Rob, I don't think it's going to happen. I I like the reality is the John Wick films don't generate massive blockbuster money no they, they never have they've been getting bigger and bigger and bigger but i don't know that they pull in the type of money that will make a studio go yeah we can make a spin-off now they're going to try something with television with the continental and there's some stuff about the ballerina but i i don't know i just don't know that i see this one happening but if it does i'm down for it how do you feel about it
1: well i mean you know i like I like that sub genre. Like I liked Atomic Blonde. I like Lafemme Nikita. Oh, I love Atomic Blonde. I, you know, I love the I, I love female assassin, uh, uh, Lucy or Hannah. You know, whatever. All these <laughs> Sophia, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I will. I am there for those kinds of of movies. So I could see this working. I've always loved Halle Berry as a performer. Um, uh, will they make this movie? I don't know. That people might look at the three five five and go, "Well, there's a." Group of female assassins. It didn't do that well. I mean i I would love to see that movie, especially made by the same team that are making the John Wick films. So I think it could be good. I'm certainly there for it. I think any fan of the series would would step up and watch it. But it better be not like the Jeremy Renner Bourne movie.
0: Yeah, well, which I didn't hate. The I didn't Jeremy hate Renner it.
1: Point. I didn't hate it, but it was like I get what you're trying to do, but it just seemed kind of odd. The problem is, I wouldn't want to see a movie like that where you're thinking to yourself, you know, what would have made this movie much better, John Wick.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That could work against it as well. Like on on the surface you think the John Wick connection could work for it, but you're right. It could also be something that works against it.
1: But it could be good. I mean I I mean I I really enjoy her as a performer. I'm sorry they never made a Jinx movie. That was she was probably yeah. the best thing about Die Another Day. Yeah. Have so. they
0: ever done a for, you you'll be the best one to know this. Have they ever done a Bond spin-off movie? No.
1: No. That They've talked about doing Bond spin offs, but they never have.
3: I would love that. Jinx or Felix. I would watch any of those. Oh,
0: yeah. And- I, I really do like the uh, Felix here. Anyway, what about you? Do you think, number one, would you be interested in a Sophia spin off movie? And do you think it would happen?
3: I'd watch it. And I, I just have to say in the chat here, we have a lot of people saying Catwoman ruined her chances of getting her own movie. Mm. Y'all.
0: No, let's nobody blames move her for Catwoman.
3: On. All right. No one blames her for Catwoman. And, and so many people have made bad movies and still made other movies. <gasps> it's amazing, right? That we can do that. This is not a, a causation equals this kind of situation here. I would watch these films. I think she's a really great character. I think she's a really great actress. And, you know, just like we talked about for Moonfall, like she tries, she really, really tries to deliver on scripts that aren't that great sometimes.
0: With everything that's wrong with Moonfall, and there's a lot. She the, and Patrick Wilson. The, the, the actors in it, not giving their best and doing what they could with the material they were given was not one of the problems. Mm-hmm. No. They like committed. both the act, All three of the leads. Patrick yeah.
1: Wilson has a place reserved for him in heaven Yeah, for his for, performance. And, and, and Halle Berry, yeah.
0: she tried her best. Like, I'm sorry, when there's a line, one of the worst lines I've ever heard in a movie that just made me want to slam my head into the seat in front of me, when the Nassau director is uh, what she say? He turns to her because she's like the assistant Nassau director. The Nassau director turns to Halle Berry and says, Don't forget, you work for me. And the script calls for her to say, No, I work for, for the, the American, American people. people. I'm like, <laughs> Who wrote that? <laughs> and then so cheesy. And she, but, you but know, she, she did,
3: did She did it. Where instead of being like no, she gives her
0: best, where she's like, No. She did the best she could. Yeah. She goes, I'll take that turd and I'll try to polish it into a diamond <laughs> if I can. She did the best she could. I mean, everybody forgets too. She's an Academy Award-winning actress yeah. for a reason. By the way, it was still one of the greatest moments in Oscar history when Adrian Brody uh and her on the Oscar stage. Remember, they they were don't say he grabs Halle Berry, gives her the big dip and kiss and stuff like that. I mean, that's one of the greatest Oscar moments ever. Anyway, I, I digress. Um I, listen, I'll say this. I am I am down for this movie. I would like to see it. Yeah, me I too. think it'd be very interesting, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, I don't know. Hopefully I'm wrong. No, no, cuz Moonfall is made by Lionsgate, right?
2: Right, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and is John
0: Wick. Right?
1: It's distributed oh, by okay.
0: Lionsgate. So, there, it's in
2: the Lionsgate yeah, family. I'm oh, telling John, you. John Wick is,
1: you know. Don't, uh,
2: make, don't make it happen.
1: <laughs> they'll be like, "It's like, <laughs> crazy." And you, Lionsgate's going to go to Halle Berry. You owe us. Oh, yeah, (laughs) we're going to make this movie, but you're
0: not going to get paid. (laughs) Uh, Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Would you be down for a Sophia spinoff film from John Wick? Actually, there's a lot of spinoff potential from John Wick. I would be. Maybe you wouldn't be. Do you even think it's going to happen or that it could? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below (laughs) and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down. Let's move into main topic number 4 and I'm going to warn you guys right now for those of you who are watching Peacemaker but have not watched last night's episode of Peacemaker we're going to talk about Peacemaker and we are we are going to talk about it openly so there might be some spoilers involved here it's a TV show but if you if you want to avoid this part of the discussion just go ahead and mute Your uh, computer and then wait until you see the next topic pop up and then you can unmute your computer But I'm just giving you a heads up warning on that right now. So there's your warning. So Chris with that warning being given What is our next main topic today?
3: This is from Thomas Madden Peacemaker just keeps getting better and better. Yes, it does (laughs) There's not a weak character on the roster. It's hilarious, but seems real all at the same time Can't wait for tonight's episode and hear your thoughts on it
0: Well, obviously when he says tonight's episode obviously He he wrote that in yesterday uh, and of course, last night was peace. It's, it's kind of good. You get back to back. Like Tuesday nights for us is Book of Boba Fett night. Then Wednesday night is Peacemaker night, which is a ra- and Then Thursday is game day for Jackass. Game so it's day. been a good week for me. I'm looking forward to seeing Jackass. So anyway, last night, the Peacemaker uh, comes out, the new episode of Peacemaker. And I- I'm going to tell you what, the the jaded, bitter... Disappointed fanboy in me who's just always waiting for the second shoe to drop. I've been waiting for the Peacemaker episode that's going to make it jump the shark. The Peacemaker episode that's going to tell us, ah, that's right. This is just a low budget Warner Brothers, whatever thing. I've been waiting for it. I've been loving the show. I have. I absolutely love this show. I think it's the best thing DC's ever put on television. But every time I start an episode, I'm like, I'm wondering if this is the episode. Well,
1: last night, James Gunn came back to write and direct again. Yeah,
0: I think he wrote all of them. So there's one or two he didn't direct. And even those ones were great. So he actually wrote and directed this one again as well. So I'm like, okay, we'll see where it goes. And damn it, Rob. (laughs) This show will not let go. It just, (laughs) it continues to be awesome. And we heard before the episode came out that James Gunn said that this was going to be the wildest episode yet. I'm like, dude. You had your guys fight an alien infested gorilla with and beat him with a chainsaw through his back, cutting through his body. How are you going to get more wild than that? But they did, Rob. They made it last night's episode of Peacemaker was the wildest one yet. And by the way, if I didn't already love Eagly, Eagly, (laughs) it's like when Eagly starts killing fools, like, f- first of all, that one shot of first was grotesque when Eagly knocks the guy down and starts pecking his eyeballs out. I'm like, oh my God,
3: so- that poor guy. Fun. Shout out to D. Bradley Baker, who's voicing an eagle and making all these eagle noises. Do it, like, ah, it's amazing. So Eagly
0: is kicking ass. Again, I'm just falling in love more and more with the dynamic between Vigilante and Peacemaker. I just mm-hmm. love that character even more it's like this is one scene where he's like what do you think vigilante and me are idiots and it cuts to vigilante <laughs> hey guys which one's Eagle and which one's me i'm like oh my god this is so unbelievable but then the alien infestation
1: <laughs> the bailey i never thought i'd ever see alien butterflies invade the earth
0: oh or <laughs> all, invade the, town, all the little the room. ships come out and also <laughs> but we've seen like oh an alien going into somebody's ear james <laughs> gunn decided to go really graphic oh yeah because when the aliens are going into the mouths, I think, okay, it's going to crawl down and you no know, blood splattering and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, this is kind of uncomfortable, but wild. And then they start, they invade the the police station and they start like
1: that was awesome.
0: Oh. It was so good. Oh. That was awesome. And and then John Cena at the end, you know what? If I had read this in a script, I would have said cut. The, I would have said cut this out. It's just going to take up screen time. As the scene where John Cena is just sitting there at the end. And was it Home Sweet Home? Is that what he's playing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Motley Crue. Yeah, he sits out at the piano and he starts playing the the piece. And if you had, a, if I had read that in the script and said, okay, ninety a minute and a half of just John Cena sitting there playing the piano, I said, no, that's going to drag. Take that. But I'm watching it, and you felt every emotion. You knew they didn't show you flashbacks, but as he's playing the piano, and you just see his face, in your own mind, you can see what memories are going through his his mind. The way they set that all up. And I was expecting White Dragon to bust through the wall at the end of him playing the piano. (laughs) That didn't happen. That's going to, by the way, White Dragon getting his freaking stuff all on. It's like, what's going on? Oh, my God. This show gets better and better. The Mern stuff. By the way, the title of this week's episode, Mern Mern After After Reading. reading. (laughs) So good. Uh, Anyway, Chris, you watched the episode last night. What was your thoughts of uh, Peacemaker episode six? Myrn after reading.
3: I loved this so much. We could just see Gunn going back to those trauma roots, too. Like (laughs) uh, how graphic that was, was just chef's kiss. Oh, it was so good. And, and we have just so much time where there's no dialogue in this episode too from that invasion, which starts off kind of beautiful. Oh yeah. yeah. It just looks like fireflies coming in and then you see the threat and then you see them go to the police station. And then we cut to John Cena. John Cena, y'all, playing the piano. <laughs>
0: with We're, his big meaty his, sausage exactly. hands. Exactly.
3: How are you going to double that? But And he actually plays piano. He's done some wonderful covers online. and And you just go from this kind of epic violent moment to this beautiful well-acted bit from cena i i could not have loved this more
0: yeah i i dug it a lot rob you had a chance see i mean i i just cannot believe what they've been able to pull off because and i admit it before this show came out i was a doubter i saw the pre- and i love james gunn deep like everybody knows i'm a huge fan of james gunn but i saw the previews it looked low budget to me it looked yeah this doesn't I can't believe, how did did last night's episode start? Dude, I
1: I loved it. I mean, look, you know, between Slither, the Suicide Squad, and this, uh, James Gunn has a way with alien invasion. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm so there for it. I mean, it it, it was, uh, the thing is, you know, this show is just so delightfully bonkers that from scene to scene, I really have no idea what's going to happen next on this show. I mean, you maybe plot-wise you can guess, but it's the characters, it's the situations, it's what they say, it's how they act. It's so delightfully off the wall that I, I, I you can't watch the show without a, a grin from ear to ear. It's just that enjoyable. I don't know where they're gonna go though. How are they gonna end this thing? Well, there's still two episodes to go. Oh no, I know, and I'm just like, the the threat was raised to a quite a dire level
0: it's an apocalyptic level yeah actually, I, I mean sudden. and I'm
1: like how, how do you maybe Star will show up
0: well, I, <laughs> listen by the to... way can I ask this mm-hmm. quickly you, you, you both of y'all have seen Slither yes yeah. my, my favorite my favorite James Gunn film I, I I, that is one of the most underappreciated films ever made to me which has a,
1: there's a lot of Slither in in this especially yeah. even last night
0: I agree but here's mm-hmm. my question when they show the overhead shot of the farm where they think the cow is, was I not the was I the only one getting slither oh. vibes from oh. that? 100 percent, right? I just I'm not saying James Gunn's crossing every anything over here. I'm just like, ooh, ooh I need to to that movie. Got, got that feeling from it. I, yes. I don't know. Anyway, guys, question is for you: Did you have a chance to see Peacemaker burn after reading, which I loved? And by the way, there's still some iffy. Like, what was where's Judo Master? I guess he's still hooked up to the IV. When he was trying to say to to him, when he was trying to say, what was he saying? The, the
3: butterflies aren't. It's yeah, what the, it starts
0: off as. The butter, you don't understand. The butterflies, it's like, well, what was Judo Master gonna say? Exactly.
3: I wanted to ask you guys about this. Whereas, where, where are you sitting on the butterflies? Because obviously something, Hinky's going on. They don't seem like they're here to be nice to us. But then- is Myrn lying because Judo Master was saying something like I? I do not know where this is going. But
0: then, but so I was I was watching that episode with the assumption Myrn is the bad alien and all the other ones because of what Judo Master said, the good ones. Mm-hmm. But then last night's episode happens. Exactly. And I'm like, I ain't so sure about that anymore, right? It's like, so I don't know. I've So much to find out. Two more episodes to go. Question is for you guys. What did you think about last night's episode of Peacemaker? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Maybe the show hasn't been working for you. Maybe it's your greatest show ever. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's do one more main topic here today, shall we? It's a little something that kind of broke this morning. Chris, what are we going to say is our last main topic here today?
3: Last one today comes from Michael D'Souza. Hi, John and crew. I hope you're doing well and staying safe. Huge news dropped today that Dakota Johnson has been cast as Madam Web in Sony's Madam Web movie. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, do you want to talk about this? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Thanks and have a great day.
0: All right, thanks a lot for saying that in, man. And uh, yeah, this just broke this morning. Now, we've known for a long time that Sony has been very, very active and they're very, very serious about developing their Spider-Verse that up until now has been without Spider-Man per se, which that might be changing now with the ending of Spider-Man No Way Home. We may be seeing Tom Holland in the Sony-verse now, but a lot of question marks still that. But regardless, they've been working very hard. They've given us two Venom movies, both of which I've really liked. We've got Morbius coming, which I'm very excited about. They've got Kraven the Hunter that they're already in development on. And they announced a while ago that they're doing Madam Web which was interesting because if you know Madam Webb in the comic books, you're thinking, really? You're going to focus a movie on that character?
1: How's that going to work?
0: How's that going to work exactly? (laughs) Well, then they moved on from that because production has moved forward, or at least development has moved forward so far that they've actually got Dakota Johnson, who, by the way, was so freaking good in Peanut Butter Falcon. Mm -hmm. Like, I, like, you can't tell how good or is somebody is or isn't by watching Fifty Shades? No. I mean, look with Jamie Dornan. Like, then we saw him in Belfast. Like, Holy crap, this guy's a legit actor. So never, but then when I saw him in Peanut Butter Falcon, I'm like, oh my God, this girl's amazing. And, and yes, she is the daughter of Don Johnson and, and Melanie Griffin. Griffin. So she, she's got good genetics. She's got the genetics there, right? She's going to play Madam Webb, which raises a whole bunch of questions about the, how they're going to do Madden Web. We'll get to that in a second. This comes to us from Variety Writes following. Dakota Johnson is suiting up for the Sony Universe of Marvel characters. Is that what the yes yeah, Spunk? Uh, so anyway, or no, no, now it's Sunk. So instead of spunk, sunk, or suck, whatever, uh, the actor has been cast as Madam Web in the studio's next standalone superhero movie. It, it would mark Sony's first modern comic book adaptation to feature a female in the title role. Insiders close to the production stress that Johnson's deal is not closed, but confirm she is in talks to secure the role. Now, that's important to point out. It's not a 100% done deal yet. And why are we talking about the reason why we still talk about it is because you have to understand once it gets to the point where the studio and the actor are now in final negotiations, what that means is that the casting process is done. They've been through the casting process. They brought in everybody that they've wanted to bring in to do to reads for the role. And they've gotten to the point now where the studio has said, yes, you're the person we want. And the actor has said, yes, this is a project I want to be in. That is when the final negotiations start. And 95% of the time, once they get to that part of the negotiations, it happens. So we're going to just work on the assumption here that it's done Dakota Fanning. is I keep saying Dakota Fanning. That Dakota Johnson is going to be our Madam Web. And again, it brings up a lot of interesting questions because of the nature of the Madam Web character. Now, the Madam Web character is also intrinsically, she's a multiverse character kind of character yeah right Rob, and, Rob, old. Yeah, yeah. And, and, older, and old yeah and older an older character <laughs> who, who has to be on a life support system yeah that basically looks like a giant web and all that kind of stuff so i think it's safe to say every comic book movie takes some liberties I think it's safe to say this this one's going to take some liberties as well. Much needed. I would think it would have to. Well, Rob, give some people, give everybody a bit of background on on Madam Web and how you think her attachment to this could influence it.
1: You know, they kind of call her in a way a Doctor Strange-esque character. And I, you know, I, I don't... Know her actual origin. I don't know which where she originated from. It was in the eighties. She originally was Spider-Man. No, I'm I'm just trying to think of what was her actual origin. So
3: she was Cassandra Webb, who was married to a doctor who hooked her up to the system to help with her neuromuscular degenerative disorder.
0: Oh my God, I read that and I couldn't. I I, I've read that before. I could never say it. (laughs)
3: <laughs> can you say it again her, who hooked her up to her uh uh the, no, the, the condition neurological uh, muscular neurological disorder yeah. yeah i
0: can never say that because i started yeah. over it yeah
3: no worries but and, and she's a mutant who has precognitive that's, ability.
0: that's the thing yeah. she's a she, she
1: she's technically an x-man yeah mm-hmm.
0: she's not another
3: character who has been bit by yet another exactly.
0: <laughs> right
1: she's actually a mutant but, but it's not like you know she's not like spider-man <laughs> you know yes. she's yeah. not yeah. a spider-man she's character already, and yeah. that's why i found this this um uh casting i love dakota johnson I've loved her since I saw her on the social network, um, but the, the, this character, what are they gonna do? Like maybe it's her origin story, and, but still, I mean, her powers are, are interesting. In a way, I always thought of her kind of like Oracle, not an yes. Oracle-esque kind yeah. of a thing, but they're totally different characters, but different universes, obviously. But I don't know, like I look at this and I just, I'm very curious, what is this movie going to be about? How is it gonna work? And how is it gonna fit into the Spider-Verse the way they want it to fit in?
0: And that's a hard one to answer because right now we don't even know how Morbius is gonna fit into all of it and then how Craven is gonna fit into all of it, let alone what Madame Web and how she's gonna fit into all of it. A lot of questions still. I
1: have. mean, I can see a Craven movie because of the kind of character he is and Morbius is a vampire. So mm-hmm. you can do, you can do something but like what is Madame Web gonna do?
0: Well, there? they're going to have to make. That's Just what I'm like, saying. They're going to have to make some adaptation here. Yeah, gonna, obviously, when you've got, let me bring her up again. When you got, this is the character, right? And you're. <laughs> oh, you're captain, it, I
1: can't see. He's showing a picture. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. When, yeah. when this is Madame Web, and you're bringing in Dakota Johnson to play it, <laughs> you're clearly going with a slightly different approach. Slightly. Just like when you hire Hugh Jackman to play Wolverine, <laughs> you're clearly going for a different physical approach <laughs> yeah, than they that's... than they have in the comic books. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go with that. Um, you know, Chris, you see this, she's cast in this. Are you surprised by by
3: this? And what do you think they're going to do with it? And how do you think she'll do? I'm super surprised by this because I keep thinking of Madam Web as, Madam Webb, excuse me, as Joan Lee, as, as Steve Lee's wife, because that's who voiced her. <laughs> And, and she's an older woman, and she's got this prophetic ability, and her job usually is just to show up and be a catalyst towards events. Right. right. This is yes. happening yep. within the Spider-Verse. This is happening between our multiverses. Help me, Spider-Men. So <laughs> I don't know what kind of story you would do with this. I'm intrigued, and I really like Dakota Johnson, but I don't, I don't think this would be my go-to for Sony's next move.
0: no. Well, here's the other interesting thing, too, that you got to keep in mind that I think is kind of fascinating about the whole project itself. It's being helmed by, I'm forgetting the creator's name, but it's being held by the person who was the showrunner for Jessica Jones, which a lot of people like. Now, look, I, I admit I'm in the minority here. I was not a Jessica Jones fan. I oh. love the first season. First I know. season's so good. Everybody loves it. Every, everybody loves Jessica Jones. I was one of the few people that didn't. I did appreciate the Defenders. I didn't think the the Defenders was nearly as good as, say, Daredevil, Seasons 1, 2, or 3, or Punisher. But I thought thought Defenders was pretty solid. So the showrunner of Jessica Jones and Defenders is the one who's kind of behind this, the creative force behind this, which I think is going to have some people excited. So we'll see. We'll see what kind of happens. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this announcement that we're going to have Dakota Johnson, not Dakota Fanning, as I accidentally (laughs) said like a dozen times, but we're going to have Dakota Johnson playing Madam Web. Does this kind of shake your expectations about what a Madam Web movie could be? Maybe you're like a lot of people. You've never even heard of Madam Web. Whatever you guys are thinking about this, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With all that down and out of the way, we're going to move on now and start taking your live questions that you guys have been firing in for the last hour or so. So let me see if I can get this lined up here. Oh, and I've got it. I got us lined up. Let's jump over and start hearing from you guys, shall we? Chris, what are people asking in the live chat?
3: Okay. Oh, golly. Sorry, mine didn't load. There we go. Ah, all right. So we're going to the moon first. Are you okay? You fell. Yeah, yeah, I
0: mean, you fall. You fell. Uh, The moon did not like the topic of Halle Berry. No
3: raised by wolves season two starts today have you or anyone on the show had the chance to check the show out Great
0: did either help. of you guys watch uh raised I by did. wolf season one i haven't yep.
3: i'm not a fan
1: i thought it was really interesting it's definitely interesting i was really intru- the last episode got a little weird
0: it's, listen <laughs> i was kind of on board with it i thought it was really fascinating honestly the season finale for that show was like i'm out yeah, like I, 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 I checked
1: out. I have to see where they go, but I thought it was, you know, as, as far I thought it was wildly ambitious, really interesting. I don't know how successful it was dealing with the topics. It it was it was it was like five different shows in one kind but, of. This guy Ragnar I to, Lothbrok. Yeah, I was though.
3: gonna ask. I was like, the Viking guy is in that, yep. right?
0: Yeah, Ragnar. Ragnar. said that's why I was interested. But I'll watch it. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely watch the I, second I, season. I, you know, I gotta. I'm gonna wait to see what people say about season two because, like I said, the, the finale of the first season one, I was like, no, I'm out, but. If everybody says, if you tell me it's great, I'll give season two a shot. I don't know if I don't know if I'd ever call it great. Well, you haven't
3: seen it. It yet. was I'm intriguing. About season
0: two. Once you see season <laughs> yeah, two, yeah. let me know. All right, let's <laughs> keep going here. What's next?
3: Josie reviews. Yo, Geo, if you drift in your Tesla, would you consider that the electric slide? Ah. Uh, uh, all right. What's next? Wow. Yes, Michael I'm really enjoying the cliff oh, notes. Uh, on bo- Is oh, and Michael. Oh, sorry, a- Matt. Matt got, uh, got my tickets for Jackass tomorrow. 8- Game day. <laughs> Game day. 8.30 tomorrow. So pumped. And I see it's getting great reviews, better than I thought. I was shocked. I
0: found. I don't know if you saw this, Ray, but like some of the first reactions coming up. Everything is great. Come on, Ray. <laughs> I'm already in, man. I'm already in. exact go, opposite of what Moonfall's getting. <laughs> <laughs> so excited to see this. All right, what's next?
3: Yes, Michael Dago. I'm really enjoying the cliff notes on Boba Fett. Oh, well,
0: thank you. We're glad, yeah. uh, 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 But yeah, we're doing that too. All right, what's
3: next? Andy, so excited to go home tonight to catch up on the latest episode of Superman and Lois and Peacemaker Back to Back. It's a DC game day for me.
0: I I mean, look, and again, with Superman and Lois, I really, really enjoyed most of the first season and then you know then, then it kind of went in a direction that just made me mentally disconnect from it but it was really great up to a point for me and I think a lot of people are still really appreciating show that's great but yes if you're a big DC fan and you're appreciating what they're doing with Superman and Lois then between Peacemaker and that it's a good time yeah. to be a DC fan on TV I'm, and we got Harley Quinn season three coming soon
3: yeah. I'm catching up on Superman Lois this weekend Andy so there you I'll, are. I'll All right. Be in there. What's next, uh, Raphael? Thank you so much for your donation. Thank there, thank you, Raphael. Kevin Joyce, not betting on it, but wouldn't be surprised if we got a Kenobi teaser for the Super Bowl.
0: Mm. We talked about this yesterday a little bit. I mean, timing is right, but I just don't know that they're going to be spending 6.5 million dollars for a 30-second spot on the Super Bowl when it's not their network. It's on, so it's possible, but. I, I don't think they're going to show one.
1: You know, there's a a YouTube channel. I don't know if you know it called Everything Always that does news mostly about Marvel and stuff. They said that they were expecting a full Doctor Strange trailer that they're calling the one that they've already released a teaser. But that on the Super Bowl, there's going to possibly be a Doctor
0: Doctor Strange. Strange, uh, Doctor Strange, Top Gun. Uh, and Jurassic World I think are your biggest
1: and they but they they did say the guy I forget his name uh, but he did say that there might be Disney Plus previews as well so I feel like
3: they'd do a hodgepodge though if it's going to be a Disney Plus ad right here's everything you can watch on the streaming network
1: I don't like that it's like the it's like the Netflix ad we talked about earlier I'm like I want to see like
0: uh, uh, show me more of that Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. here's a question the Super Bowl I think we established the Super Bowl is going to be on NBC yes right what does NBC own
3: Peacock. peacock
0: would they play a promo for a competing streaming service i mean Peacock if you needs for money. for it uh, so. yeah, yeah money talks you're right all right <laughs> we'll know. find out all right what's next
3: uh raymond Verada. unlike the marvel and star wars shows i don't think james gunn needs a cameo for peacemaker it's just a great story
0: yeah I, again i i said this and boy did i ruffle some feathers yesterday Woo! What did you say? I like it when I ruffle feathers, though. So one of the things I said was like, look, you know, I've really enjoyed the last couple of episodes of Boba Fett. I really, really have. I do lament a little bit, though, that Star Wars right now seems to be in a place where member berries seems to be all they can do to get a pop. Like, I really liked the last episode, but it was all, look, here's somebody you know, and look, here's somebody else you know, and look, here's somebody else you know. And I kind of said, Peacemaker hasn't had to do that. Peacemaker hasn't had to be, oh my gosh, Batman showed up. Or, oh my gosh, the Wonder Twins showed up. Form of a bucket of water. That's that's a throwback. Some of you won't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, they could have had pop up look, oh, look, Catwoman is in the scene. The only one they did was a newspaper article that says Peacemaker, new superhero Peacemaker captures Kite Man. That's the only thing they've done. And they haven't had to do that. And ooh, did some people get mad at me for saying that. But but it's true. This is a show that if James Gunn felt he needed to, that, hey, we need to get some some fan service pop in here. So let's have this recognizable DC character pop up or this recognizable DC character pop up. And they haven't. And the show has been marvelous regardless. And I'm not saying that's the only reason the Dude, last couple of episodes Boba Fett we did. I
1: even had to bring back an old Starship from a Star Wars movie in recent episodes they, to make they, you yeah, go. They did. You know. And I'm
0: not saying it didn't work. Obviously, I love the episode, so yeah, it worked for yeah. me. But I'm just saying it's it's kind of interesting on that. All right, what's next?
3: Sam Fisher, breaking news: Spinal Tap and Blues Brothers announced that they are following suit with Neil Young and also pulling their music <laughs> off Spotify.
0: I saw a great meme going around that says Millie Vanilli have announced that they are pulling somebody else's music off of Spotify. <laughs> Again, that's a that's an old throwback one. Some of you will what the, What's a Millie Milli Vanilli?
3: Vanilli? Is she on Stranger Things? Girl, you Girl, know, it's, know true. it's
0: true. it's ooh, ooh, ooh. Remember when they tried to prove it was them and they actually tried to sing the song and it was like, oh my God, guys, stop. It does not sound like the song at all. Anyway, what's next?
3: Uh, Arun Bab- Bab- Babura? Sorry if I say name wrong, I'm so sorry. The latest Peacemaker episode gave me the butterflies, uh, Todd. Bleak. Also need to appreciate how James Gunn selects his soundtracks. I am addicted to that monster song.
0: Uh, listen, I'll tell you what, we've, we've been talking a bit this past week about the, the music selection in it. It's always mm-hmm. perfect. Even this, the choice of what song he was playing on the piano. Yeah. That was perfect for that moment. It was per- They've done a great job with that, Arun. You're absolutely right. All right, what's next?
3: Elizabeth Jurado, the new episode of Peacemaker made me squirm with all the butterflies. So disgusting. I feel for Aaron with that spider phobia. I don't
0: know that Aaron can watch it. Like they're not spiders, <laughs> but I don't, I don't- know... I don't think she can watch. They're too spider like. To. Look, man,
1: yeah. <laughs> those droids in Boba Fett bothered her.
3: Exactly. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on.
0: Dude, the two second shot of an animated spider in Spider Man in the Spider Verse made her like beat the shit out of my arm. Yeah. So, it was, yeah, a good thing. All right, what's next?
3: Uh, Matt, question for Chris. I know you love animation, so what are a couple of your favorites? Oh, uh, Bojack Horseman, Steven Universe, Sailor Moon, uh, Food Wars. There's so many. Go watch that. What is Food Wars? Food Wars. I've mentioned it sounds this. Sounds like on, something I would watch on the Food Network. Uh, I've mentioned this on the show before. This is the one where it's like uh, people are doing um, big battles for f- making food, and then they have ridiculous foodgasm reactions to it, where their clothes will like th- be thrown off of them in a big. Oh, that's
0: right. That's right. I remember. you chef.
3: Strip chef. Yeah. You gotta. You gotta let your neighbors know you're watching anime. Just all be very right what's clear. next uh sam fisher i wouldn't be surprised if uncle ben is that spider-man freshman is in that spider-man freshman year show because isn't that supposed to be tom Holland's spidey pre-civil war
0: um yes i mean i when they first announced that show i said well it's clearly not going to be tom holland spider-man but i was wrong it, it is they've confirmed that i don't think the mcu has an uncle ben i, I never got one one hint in any of the Spider-Man stuff we've had in the MCU that there was ever an Uncle Ben. She's never. There's never been an Uncle Ben mention oh, in all the conversations it. with Aunt. Isn't May. there a
1: suitcase though, and one of the yeah. things that says Ben on it? There, there
0: is. I could, but that could mean something yes. else. So I mean, I. I don't. I don't know. I, I thought she had just, mentioned
3: him for some reason. I thought there was like a throwaway. Of maybe like,
0: maybe I'm not remembering her, but I I don't recall her ever mentioning oh, it Uncle Ben. I'm
3: gonna have to rewatch all those movies. Dang it! I
0: mean the suitcase. Yeah, but that could mean that could have just been a, a an Easter egg or whatever. But so I don't know. So we'll see. All right, what's next?
3: Um, Arun. Arun. What if one of the butterflies takes over Amanda Waller, and Atabayo would need to shoot it. James Gunn might do it.
0: Ooh. Want to talk about some heavy drama? (laughs) James Gunn would do it. I don't know. You can't kill Amanda Waller. No, but you're not going to kill Amanda Waller. All right, what's
3: next? Ben Rayner, new Lord of the Rings poster looks great. Again, remember, we're talking about
0: seven months out. These are not going to be the the character posters that's going to come when most of these things normally come which is going to be about three months out or something like that but i love what we're getting so far all right what's next
3: sam sprill hey guys 29 days until the batman the
0: countdown is on the countdown most anticipated film of the year sam all right what's next
3: another sam fisher rob are you excited for the avengers x-men and eternals comic crossover this summer being written by Kieran gillen i'm super excited
1: you know, modern comics. <laughs> I, I really did like the Power of X and the House of X or House of Ten. Power of X. Those are really quite good. I, I, yeah, the Hickman stuff. I really thought that a lot of people hated it. They're like, what direction is this? But it, it's the crossovers sound interesting to me. But I'll wait. I mean, I haven't been impressed with new comics in a very, very long time.
0: Did you see that they've, the, uh, they the they just probably announced buy the
1: omnibus? Mm.
0: They just announced the new Fantastic Four team. Uh, this was all over the news yesterday. So the new fantastic four team is ghost rider. The Hulk Wolverine. And I cannot remember who the fourth was. Any of you guys in the live chat remember who the fourth was, but it was ghost rider, Hulk Wolverine and somebody else. First of all, just with Hulk, that's all you need. Yeah, it sounds like the team that nobody ever fights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else? You might as well add everything to it. Yeah, yeah you got Ghost Rider and Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. You're, coming, you're come on. It's like the mega powers. It's like we had Hulk Hogan and random Macho Man Savage. Who's going to need a the whole bunch of comic book heroes from all the companies to go up against them? Uh, some people are saying it was maybe. Yeah, no, it was Spider-Man and Spider-Man was the fourth. Okay, oh. well. So you, the Spider Man is the weakest member of the, of the Fantastic Four.
1: Yeah, I, I just I, I look at that, and I'm like, ah,
0: yeah.
2: I don't, I yeah, no one's gonna try to get into that club. <laughs> uh, that, that, those bouncers <laughs> are live right
1: there. Yeah. I,
0: mean,
2: I, I would ask, who is that for? Like who's your audience for that well, team?
0: I mean,
1: why do you make four, a new fan? Fend- why don't you make a new team and call them something? Else? But
0: they're but but this is consistent with the history of the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four many times in the comic history, yeah, they've had they've I've had, had other people. She Hulk was a them. member of the Fantastic Four. It's, right, the, the Fantastic Four had gone missing for a while and an other new four. So this is this isn't anything new for the Fantastic Four. I know it's an interesting team though. Yeah, it's no one's messing team. with that. No, no one's messing with that. Like tomorrow. you can put that team against the Avengers, and, and that got, team like, probably wins. Let's and think. you got two of the
2: smartest guys there, Peter Parker yeah. and uh, Bruce Banner. That's true. But is
3: Spider Man in there as Bagman? Or is he Spider Man? As what man? Bagman, when he's uh, the amazing Bagman.
0: I don't it, remember that. It's just
3: him in a Fantastic Four costume, but he's got a bag over it. Oh, head. yeah.
0: I, I remember I the I don't Funko remember Pop that. that. Yeah.
3: There was a Funko Pop? You yeah. yeah. remember that and one? one. What people, in the video
0: games too. You know
2: what people were doing with that Funko Pop? They were popping off the head of the bag. And, like, you know how they have the football pops? Yes. If their team sucks, I've seen so many um, images of, like, the lion's
0: Funko Pop with a back <laughs> over his head. <laughs> yeah. I like that. All right, what's next?
3: All right, we've got Cincinnati Five Star Barber.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: John, <laughs> <laughs> watching Mando Fett last night, full-blown kidgasm, ooh, phrasing, was achieved, and I almost fell off a terribly unsafe bridge with no handrails. Yeah,
0: I'm, I can't there. By the way, speaking of that feeling, uh, th- I finally did watch the new episodes of... Uh, resident alien
3: how are they and? i need to watch him delightful
0: oh. delightful <laughs> love him but it reminded me of this because there's show one thing that happens in it where at one point alan tudyk's alien character takes the kid puts him so you you want me to act like your father he grabs the kid puts him over his lap and starts spanking him saying <laughs> this hurts me as much as it hurts you and the kid is just sitting there going this is so inappropriate. <laughs> like, uh, really good scene. Go check it out. But yes, I mean, uh, the, I don't know why, st- like engineers in Star Wars never think about putting in handrails. It's always the most, like whether it's the thing Obi-Wan had to walk around to turn off the tractor beam thing, like why is there a walk thing no, but no rails? For, I, I don't know. Crazy stuff. Terry right,
3: on nice. Tuesday in the chat said, no handrails.
0: Uh... Oh.
3: Terry. All
0: okay. right, that's nice.
3: All right. Uh, Rafael Castillo, I'm enjoying Julian Fellow's newest, The Gilded Age, as much as I enjoyed Downton Abbey. You know, it, like I saw
0: ads for that and wants to see it, but I haven't watched an episode of it uh, You know, I,
1: I I watched like the first five minutes because I heard about it and I saw, I actually saw a Netflix ad, uh, or not a Netflix ad, a, um, you know, an ad before a YouTube show for The Gilded I'm like, woo. I didn't really knew. I knew that it was on HBO Max, but I didn't know what it was. And it, it's it. I'm like, okay, New York in the 1800s. I'm in, count me in. And the beginning, I mean, I don't know what's going on. It was. I like the opening. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, and then Elizabeth's like, you can't watch this without me. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I wouldn't off. even
0: dare to try to watch that without Anne. But I, I mean, *Downton Abbey*. It's got another movie coming out, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, all right. What's next?
3: Andy, forget that Dakota Johnson was in Fifty Shades of Grey. The name Adam Webb alone sounds like some potential for some kinky BDMS stuff. Well,
0: I mean, maybe it's a crossover. (laughs) Fifty Shades of Webb. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Kinky stuff going on there. All right, what's next? Christian Grey
1: joins the MCU.
3: Casey Mack, the last two episodes of Peacemaker will be nuts. This episode really set it up with the butterflies taking over the police station and Peacemaker's dad about to uh, go after him.
0: Uh, Look, again, I was really... I thought at the end of that piano concerto that we were going to see white dragon pop through. But I mean, we got to see what we wanted to see him taking on the, the white Dragon. I mean, like, what can he do? That's, that's the thing. I'm like, why is he so feared and revered? And I'm sorry, but he's talking like, yeah, I'm I'm like, cause look, well, with all the jokes and everything aside, one of the things that suicide squad and this show have shown, you cannot fuck with peacemaker, especially (laughs) when you look at suicide squad, he is very, very good at killing people (laughs) He is very good and i when you hear his dad saying i'm gonna go kill my son it's like well how are you gonna do that because i i'm i mean obviously he's a super genius creating that multi-dimensional kind of closet so obviously he's a super genius so what can he do we're gonna find out we're going to find out. All right. What's next?
3: James Germain. Once I saw the Rohan posters, all that I heard in my head was, and Rohan shall answer. One of the greatest lines <laughs> in cinematic
0: history. You're damn right. That's exactly what went through my head as well, James. That's exactly what went through my mind when I saw that damn horse. All right. What's next?
3: Stubble McShave. The Bruno song is okay, but the soulful Pull My Beads of Love from Vox Machina <laughs> beats it every time. Love Sam Wrigley's dirty songs in that show.
0: I don't, have any of you guys in this room watched v- Vox
3: Machina yet? I watched yet? the first two.
0: So you haven't seen the song yet. No. The gnome dude, the gnome bard minstrel dude who we first meet having radical intercourse in the back of a hotel room. He sings this song about pearls.
3: Where does he keep them, John? <laughs>
0: Oh, and he sings this song that I believe is titled "Put on Them Motherfucking Pearls." <laughs> Put on Them Motherfucking Pearls, Lambdiver.
2: diver. All right, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, um,
0: I see what you did there, though. Yeah, okay, I get it. That the, the, so, I mean, I'm just watching. Like, what are they doing? This show? I, I tell you what. I again, Vox Machina uh, trailers did nothing for me did nothing for me, but I watched the first three episodes. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm in, I'm in. It's, It's an entertaining little thing. All right. What's next?
3: Andy, one of three. I will try to find the other two. (laughs) When you think, it was a genuine question. When you think about it, Ben Affleck really is Bruce Wayne. He's rich, tall, huge, and good looking with a full package, according to Gone Girl. And uh, has his own Batcave and dated many gorgeous women from Gwyneth Paltrow to Jennifer uh, Jennifer Lopez and Garner to Anna de Armas. He's the least anyone would expect to be Batman because he was laughed at by almost everyone when he was cast as Batman batman as the idea seems so ridiculous to so many people
0: um you, you know what i have never thought about it in those terms but you are right ben affleck is batman he's like six, four. Oh, he's a big dude he's a big yeah. dude i remember the first time i met ben affleck i was talking i met him for to talk about what was the damn movie uh argo oh and he stood up came over shook my hand and stuff like that and we sat down to, to talk and it's like yeah i was actually kind of taken aback like you always know he, he's a big guy but you don't he seems like a normal big guy you're you're kind of unprepared that no he's he's a big guy i remember the first thing i said to him because i i just seen argo and the very first thing he introduced himself and i introduced myself we sat down i said look before you start I just gotta let you know if you are not nominated for best director of the oscars this year i'm gonna start keying somebody's cars and of course, he never did get nominated for best, no. Award, even oh, though wow. he won best director at every other awards body, including the Directors Guild of America, gave him director of the year. And yet he wasn't even nominated the Academy Awards. And yet Argo won best. Best, Best picture. picture What is the craziest thing. So yes, I think Ben Affleck probably is Batman. All right, what's next?
3: <laughs> Wiley writes in with a $10 super chat. I love Dakota Johnson. I saw both of her new movies at Sundance with Cha-Cha Real Smooth being my favorite movie of the year so far. But I think this role is way too small for her.
0: Um, I This will be, I mean, other than Fifty Shades, which which had global popularity before anything else, other than Fifty Shades, this will be the biggest role she's ever had. Yeah. So I don't know what you mean by this role is too small for her, other than maybe the word, there's a spider implication in the name of her thing. I don't know if you're playing (laughs) a words on there, but I've heard good things about that other stuff, but I haven't, obviously I wasn't at, I didn't participate in Sundance this year, so haven't seen it, but I think the role's going to be quite big, Wiley. We'll find out. All right, what's next?
3: Mike Root. Hey gang, all I could think when Din landed after his joyride in the new ship was, looks like there's only room to bring him in cold. uh, That again, we've talked about this. Like
0: I am loving the ship. I I rolled my eyes when it was an Abu Starfighter at first, but what they've done with it and the the way it zips and I really like it, but it is not practical. Well, not for his job description. Not for well, not only that, but it's like if you're going to make days long trips through hyperspace,
3: (laughs) you gotta you gotta
0: go to the bathroom. You gotta go. You 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 had a bathroom in the other ship. You have storage for all your bounties and all the stuff you're tagging along. I. He's gonna need another ship, I think. There's Maybe a
2: tube. It, there's a tube down there somewhere. I I gotta believe. It's,
0: there's a catheter. <laughs> there's a
2: catheter there. All right. What's next?
3: Sebastian Gonzalez, Book of Boba Fett, Episode Six: The Luke, The Cad, and The Grogu.
0: That's actually, you know what? That's very well. That's very well laid out. Mm-hmm. All right. What's well done? What's next?
3: John Redcorn fans, who asked for a Madam Web film? I don't know who asked for a Shang Chi, Eternals, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant Man, Peacemaker, and Shazam too. I mean, that's.
0: This is the funny thing to me. That is one of the strangest things that I hear some fans say. Nobody asked for that. Well, nobody asked for Avatar. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I don't remember hearing anybody saying they wanted that movie. Well, nobody
1: asked for anything because it didn't yet exist. Exactly. Yeah, so unless, yeah. unless, <laughs> I've already
3: seen sequel. Fern and Dances with Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. Uh, unless you're talking about a sequel to something. No one
1: was asking for Rocky back in like 1975. Or the Lego movie. Or
0: the Lego, day, movie, or a, the Lego movie. the future Tetris movie. <laughs> yeah. And listen, I'm guilty of <laughs> this too. the Centipede Theories. movie. <laughs> I'm guilty of this too. Like, I, like one of the things I said about the solo movie, I said, nobody's asked for a solo movie especially not with Harrison Ford not being solo, right? So I've done it too. So of course, but that's the thing. Nobody asks for any movie other than Solos. And like, I especially like it when it, when somebody says, we don't need that movie. Newsflash, there's never been a movie made in the history of motion pictures that was needed to be made. Dude, has- I
1: mean, even after Jaws 3, I didn't think to myself, you know what we need? Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> no, think that. You know that.
0: what his series needs? That? The, the shark like needs to time. take it personally. I know he
2: needs to start wearing a mask too
1: and
0: Where's carry the a job knife.
3: character study? Nick, yeah. If you have
0: not seen the Michael Kane, the Cain, pathos. If you have not seen the Michael Kane Jaws movie, where the where the the premise? Don't forget is, Lorraine Gary. The premise is literally that what remains of the, the what's what's the sh- the sheriff's family's name again? The Brodies. The Brodies. That what remains of the Brody bloodline is off in the Caribbean somewhere on vacation and some other shark somehow knows what happened to the previous couple of sharks (laughs) and knows it was that family and that that family is vacationing in the Caribbean and it's going to go hunt them down. Literally, the shark takes it personally and decides to go hunting this family.
3: They can smell blood in the water, John. I mean, it's just science. (laughs) Read a book. Figuratively and
0: literally. All right. But you know what? No one needed that movie. Nobody needed that movie. No one asked for it. None. All right, what's next?
3: Mufasa. That monster song montage in Peacemaker was amazing.
0: It was. I mean, James Gunn just has a way with utilizing that stuff that is Mm -hmm. so great, so on the mark. And every song that he seems to pick perfectly accentuates the action of what's happening in the narrative at the time. And it went so well with that montage. It was crazy good. Well, well said, Mufasa. What's next?
3: Harves K, no other Funko Pops matter now because uh, Arsham the Judge, super-sized Funko Pop, is now out, coming to judge all other Pops. I don't know why I didn't buy it. We were at GameStop.
0: Yep. Wait,
1: it's already out? You, you so I would buy yeah, Arsham I the Judge I do not know Pop. why I
0: didn't walk out with it. Ray, me, and Ann, we went to a GameStop. I can't remember what we were looking for. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is that an Arsham the Judge? And it was... Uh... It was. It, it was
2: one of those ten inch ones. It was one of these big oh. ones. Oh, like, like my. Uh-huh. I just got one right? in the mail that I forgot I ordered. It's Master Chief. <gasps> it's a pop. Yeah, and I want to bring it in, but I was looking at. I was like, I have no real estate anymore. So yeah, you can, might have to make some creative choices. Oh,
3: yeah, let's do you it. You can live over here.
1: I want to get that and put it in the bathroom, so every time you go, he's judging you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to go. With him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: need that. I I hate even hearing sounds outside the door. Yeah. I, I tighten up, literally.
0: <laughs> I I'm not kidding. This has you happened. Pea shy, Ray. Pea shy. Ray has literally been here at my house, and said, "I'm gonna go home to use the bathroom." Yeah. Which homeowners love and appreciate but still i've never often seen people yeah. actually say that has to be silenced so i can make my own you noise don't,
3: <laughs> you don't go here like one of the best things about working is being paid to poo <laughs> oh no i never know
1: now no, i never do that at work <laughs>
2: Yep. You know, but I'll start doing it
3: okay,
1: here, John. Well. See
0: how you like it.
3: So, no, you I, encourage, I encourage
0: your habits. For girls, it's different. Go. Go. All right, what's next?
3: Uh, Jacob Hirsch, I know you're not uh, much of a Beatles fan, but on Sunday, I went and saw the Rooftop concert in IMAX for its 53rd anniversary. It was truly wonderful.
0: I Listen, if, if I am a, a totally in the minority, then I am not a big Beatles fan. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I think the Beatles suck. No, 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 no. no. I, I'm just not a big Beatles fan, that's all. But they are... The most important band in rock history. I like I, you don't have to be a Beatles fan to acknowledge that. They are the most important band in rock history. And uh yeah, that something like that would be actually, you know, my favorite band of you, of of all time is U2. And they homaged that for their music video of Where the Streets Have yep. No Name. They homage the Beatles on that. And that's how important the Beatles are. So I, I think that's great. It's a great man. video too, by the way. I'm glad. Yeah, it is a good video, right? I'm glad you were able to do that, Jacob. That sounds like a really good experience. All right, what's next?
3: Multiverse of Movies. Gonna watch Moonfall. Ray and Rob are the reason why I'm watching Moonfall. I know the reviews were negative, but I'm hyped to see the moon falling. There's you some, will?
0: This, you're going to see moon, it fall. The moon doesn't just fall. It
1: flies
2: around.
0: Yeah. You know. Spoiler alert. The moon falls. It's,
2: yeah, it does. It's, it's I just do wanted it. to see more of the moon falling, really. Yes. Really? For no reason, yeah. For no, no reason, it doesn't need a reason. Why does it over at Earth?
1: I I, just, I hope it's the first of a trilogy. Frankly,
2: oh no,
0: <laughs> the Moon Falls. No, I already want to reboot. <laughs> I want a reboot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Reboot. I still remember we were driving. I told the show on the show the other Ray and I were driving out to Burbank to meet you two to go and watch Moonfall, and Ray's like, you know what? I haven't watched the final trailer. I'll just watch it right now. We're in the car, right? <laughs> And and I'm just driving, and Ray's watching this thing on this phone. All of a sudden, I hear Ray go, "There are aliens in this movie." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, you didn't know that. I thought it was just the moon was mad at the Earth and wanted to crash into the Earth." That that's a, that would make it pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I know. I mean, it, look at M Night's The Happening. Right? Wouldn't that just be an extension of M Night's The so Happening? The trees can just come someone, alive and hate
2: people. Someone was pointing out that uh, I guess like those asylum movies, they release Mooncrasher. Moon. Oh, crasher, I heard.
0: Moon yeah, crasher. I heard you something. I bet you all it. like it. Oh, well, we should do a I whole. like more than the genre of
1: moon falling movies.
3: Yes.
0: All right, let's keep going. What's next?
3: More from Cincinnati's five star barber, Rob. Before my second straight viewing of Mando Fat, I got my hot toys Luke and Grogu and held them like Saturday morning teddy bears. Wow. All the SW Justice.
1: Uh, well, that's that's the way to do it. That's the way to watch. I mean, I'm,
0: I was at uh, Frank and Sons where I got my Captain America and your Moon Knight, and they had that Luke holding Grogu figure there. It, and almost bought it and oh, was tempted there, to buy there's
1: that i mean the, Mandal- the 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 range of mandalorian hot toys figures is ridiculous yes they, and it's gonna get i mean now we're gonna get cad bane i hope we get uh Cobb vanth i mean it's so expensive and i'm happy to say i have the heavy mando which people slept Ooh. on i got Ooh, my heavy mando Everyone's was yeah, like i'm gonna nice. buy that I'm glad I have it now, especially after two weeks ago. I'm like, yep, try and find We it haven't out. seen the last of him either. It's like 800 bucks now if you can find it.
0: Oh, God. All right, what's next?
3: Al Renshaw, I want to see Boba find out that it was the Pikes that killed the village of Tuscans, and then he completely loses his shit, and we see him go berserk. Who does he think? Doesn't he believe it was them that killed them? I would think so. I thought so, yeah. Because they th- were yeah.
1: shooting at him from the train.
3: Yeah. The yeah, yeah, I think train. he already
0: knows. It was. I, I think he knows it was them. I, I might not be remembering that right. But yes, that is some sweet. I love righteous vengeance in movies and TV shows. Love righteous vengeance. All right, what's next?
3: Sin Vendetta. Hey, John, I'm really hoping that you'll do a ticket watch for the Batman because it was due to the Spider-Man No Way Home ticket watch that I was even able to get my tickets opening night.
0: Well, I mean, see, here's the thing, Sin. I, <laughs> I love the idea of it. I do. I love the, I mean, because 100%, we're going to be doing a reaction watch for the Batman. That is 100% happening. But ticket watch, the thing is with Spider-Man, we were expecting drama. We were expecting drama with the Spider-Man tickets going on sale. And sure enough, drama we got. (laughs) I am not anticipating trouble getting tickets. I, I, I mean, I feel bad about that because it is my number one most anticipated film of the year. But I just don't know that AMC's ticket site is going to crash or the Fandango's ticket sites are going to crash or we're going to be desperate that people aren't going to be able to get within the first hour that people aren't going to be able to get the tickets they want for the showtime they want in the theater they want. I just don't think that's going to be the case. Now, as we get closer to the release in the next week or two, maybe we'll change our minds. Maybe we'll we'll sense that hype. But right now, like we're a Spider-Man open with two hundred and sixty million. I, I don't see Batman doing more than 150, which is still huge, but I just don't know. I don't, you guys think we should do it Spider a Spider Man
2: watch? was just just more of a family friendly movie too. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. You know, people are buying not only for themselves but their kids. Batman, I don't know if it's going to get that same sort of. Well, also, cinematic. even in fan the fan community,
1: everybody was excited for Spider Man. I'm actually hearing dissent. There are people that are not excited for this movie for whatever reason, and I I've never I I like. That seems odd to me because the movie looks terrific. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it does. I think. It, yeah, yeah, looks great to me. All right, what's next? Thanks for that, Sin.
3: Bjl Studios. Question for Rob: <laughs> How does one say someone like me, a young twenty-something filmmaker, get to work or even collaborate with you? Because I would love to. Thanks.
0: Money. Bring bring the money. Bring say, hey, you you want to collaborate with me?
1: <laughs> bring the no i mean
3: but but, but wait
0: before you continue that thought that's not funny because like you want to collaborate with anybody show that you can the number one problem with any project getting done is financed right you bring the money to the table you bring the money that's one of the biggest hurdles that'll get you in the door with almost anybody yeah
1: yeah no i mean i think ultimately when you're when you're working on a project like it's gotten to the point now where that's all you you spend you know orson wells talked about he spent 98 percent of his life trying to get money to make his movies and he didn't get to make nearly enough and it's frustrating and 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 worse than that i will not spend money on a project if i don't think i can get that money back to whoever's putting up the cash you know that's part of it as well
0: i i have i have honestly turned down a project that I just knew there's no way you'll get your money back from this. Yep. somebody who's willing to put up the money, I'm like, there's no way. And I can't live with that.
1: No, that so, I, I can't either. And, and it's not enough. It's no longer enough just to make. I used to think, yes, please let me make a movie. Let's work on it. But unless you are going to get it out there and shown and distribution and you can pay back your investor.
0: Like right now, we're not going to give details. But right now, I'm kind of talking with some people about a documentary project. And they have the access to and are willing to put up several hundred thousand dollars for it. Yeah. And see, that's different because I actually believe this project. You know, you know what project it is. Yeah. I actually believe that project is something we can get them their money back. But I mean, it, it's it's it is a it's a difficult thing in the business. All right, what's next?
3: Uh, Dylan Schmoll. Just me, or does Chris give Lily from How I Met Your Mother vibes? Oh, that's nice.
0: I've never seen How I Met Your Mother.
3: Okay. Allison Hannigan.
0: Oh, it's her. That's her uh, character. Yeah. Jew, what was her other name? Willow
3: willow yeah willow. and buffy she yeah,
0: was yeah and buffy yeah you two could get, get that character's kind no of worries. vibes i like that that's okay. a good one i like that thanks All right, guys what's next?
3: that's nice brandon blake the canon and last jedi establishes that post episode six luke made a lot of well-intentioned mistakes we may have to mentally prepare to see those mistakes
0: maybe and yes and i remember some people were very upset that luke in in um the last jedi that luke was not portrayed as infallible and it's like, hello, have you watched the Star Wars movies? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he would struggle. You know, one of my biggest gripes that I have, now again, I don't love, the, there are things about The Last Jedi that I love. There are things about that I loved. Overall, I like the film, but there are a number of things in the movie that I, I really had a problem with. But the one criticism about The Last Jedi that always makes my, me scratch my head is like the whole thing about... Luke wouldn't have made that mistake with uh, 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 Ben. Ben, He wouldn't have made that mistake with Ben. He wouldn't have done that. And I'm like, have you watched the original Star Wars movies? You do realize that Luke saw what happened with his own father who created genocide, killed, was responsible for the death of hundreds of millions, if not billions of people, maybe multiple billions of people, across the universe he saw firsthand how things can go south of course he has some doubt in himself he always has that is absolutely consistent with the character of luke skywalker as he has been portrayed in the movies and again look and all film is subjective you can like or not like whatever i certainly don't like a lot of stuff in it too but that one criticism about it's like that was completely inconsistent with luke i'm like have you watched the
1: movie doesn't even listen to yoda and empire strikes back yeah like don't leave like
0: i gotta go yeah i'm out See you later, dude. I mean, it's just, anyway, that's just one of the criticisms. But again, everybody has their own take on it. All right, what's next?
3: Casey Mack again. Hopefully we have better Netflix movies than we had last year. Looking forward to The Gray Man, The Adam Project, Day Shift, and Knives Out too.
0: The funny thing is there's always Netflix movies I'm looking forward to until I see them.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then, and I, I don't know, honestly, out of the 86, 87, 88 movies that they're going to put out this year, how many are going to be good?
3: Sixty of them are going to be Christmas movies. And it's going to be the. <laughs> 60 best. Christmas movies.
1: I want to see Day Shift though. I love Jamie Foxx. I want to great. see him in a starring but role. They again. Did get
0: that one? Was that not? Am I thinking of somebody? No, I'm thinking of um. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, it was Jamie Foxx and um, the guy who was is, is in uh three three words in his name Joseph Gordon Levitt. What was that one where you take the pill and you get superpowers?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Remember that
0: one? Remember how excited uh, we were about yeah, that yeah. one? Yeah. Remember how shitty that movie was? Yeah, that. was. That wasn't. is the story of Netflix movies. They some of them look really, really good, and then you watch them, and it's like, wow. Which
2: one was the one with the um, the monster or fairies and there were cops? Yep, that
1: was. I, yeah, was that one Smith, was pretty good. That
0: was Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. Right. Right. Yeah. And Which it was, was written dull. by uh, J- uh Max I Landis. I hate it. I, it. I, I here's I what I'd say think though. It was bad. There was some really Bright. cool it's ideas. Right. Yeah. Bright. There were some really cool ideas in that movie though. Mm-hmm. Like the whole idea about the mythology behind all that stuff. Yeah. There were some very very cool ideas. I didn't think the execution was no, very go good. Watch but YouTube there were some cool ideas. Bed. But like. that's the story <laughs> of most of these Netflix movies. So but They have live I action actiony man. Day shift. Live action He-Man's coming, which I'm sure is going to be garbage.
3: Day Shift is going to be really interesting because I've gotten to read part of that script.
0: Really? And
3: yeah, Logan was, was up for one of the parts, and so I'm really excited about that. What is
1: it even about?
3: Uh, can I say? I think no, I you probably it okay? never mind. Okay. Never, never mind. No, no,
1: no. So, all right. uh, what kind of genre is it? Is it a crime movie? Is it a fantasy movie? It's going to it? go
3: into like a uh, fantasy supernatural oh, That's
1: realm.
0: all I need to know. Alright, what's next?
3: Sam Fisher, that Gambit movie never sounded like a good idea.
0: I disagree. I, I thought it I thought it was. I thought it could have been good, but we'll never know, Sam. You might be right. All right, what's next?
3: James Wheeler, Rob, I was so happy to hear your reference. Uh, you referenced King's Row in yesterday's mailbag. I grew up watching that movie.
1: King's Row, for those of you who don't know, it's a great film, but it was uh, scored by Eric Korngold. And if you listen to that score, John Williams took a lot of the original Star Wars score for the original film it was inspired a lot by what Korngold does. So it's a great score, great movie too, by the way.
3: All right, what's next? Brian Sanner, hey John and crew, I love the show. Thank you, man. Movies and TV shows are my life. What are your thoughts on Raised by Wolves? Season two last night started, game day. Yeah, again, I, I am, right now I am off
0: the, the train. I'm off the train. I, I, was, I was kind of captivated by the show at first, Got intrigued with it, although it became a very slow burn as you get it. But still, it was intrigued with it. And then the season finale happened, and I'm like... Nah, this, 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 this don't work, Chuck.
1: I'll watch, I'll, 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 I'll I'll take one for the team
0: and watch season And I hope it's good. And if you tell me it's really good, I will get back on that train and give it another shot. But it's just that the season finale just kind of lost me, but that was me. All right. What's next?
3: John Farag. Uh, Hey gang, Grogu Theory. He goes back with Mando and he becomes the Mandalore, not Din, thus sealing the breach between Jedi and Mandalorians.
0: I don't know what you mean by he becomes the Mandalore.
3: Uh, I guess he would wield the dark saber and be the person I mean that stuff.
0: But that means they would have to fight cuz the only way he can take the dark <gasps> oh, saber Yeah,
3: he'd have to kill his dad. Is, well, it doesn't necessarily have
0: to kill cuz remember Mando didn't kill uh, Moff Gideon, right? He just mm-hmm. defeated him in, in combat and took it. And you can't willingly give it up. Like you can't you can't pull a um Goldberg or whatever. Or, no, who was it? No, no, it was uh, it was uh Diesel. It was Diesel. And what's Diesel's real name? Kevin Nash? Kevin Nash. You can't pull a oh. Kevin Nash to Hulk Hogan where you're going to have a match with Hulk Hogan and Kevin. the bell rings and Kevin Nash just lays on his back so Hulk Hogan can pin him. You can't do that with the Darksaber. There's no honor in that. You actually beat him in combat. So I don't know. Mm. We'll have to see. We'll, we'll see where that comes goes. All right, what's next?
3: Uh, J.R. Wheeler. Hi, guys. Since it's obvious they can t- can't tie an entire war up in Boba Fett, do you think we'll need to wait till season two or it'll continue in Mando? Well, here's the thing.
0: A lot of movies and TV shows... Really don't use the word war properly, because there was like eight people in uh, in uh, Boba Fett's you know uh, war chamber there, and there's like how many how many pikes did they say got off the transport? A 20, lot, twenty something, thirty something, whatever. War might be a bit of an exaggeration. It's more like a sharks versus jets street a skirmish. Fight. Yeah, it's gonna be a skirmish. So uh, we'll 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 see what happens there. All right, what's next?
3: The man with the master plan. Mailbag is awesome. Keep up the good work.
0: Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, we've been enjoying doing the mailbags and we got another episode of that coming today. Thank you, man with the master plan. What's next?
3: Franco Villamil. Name the name that bar behind John Barman and Tobin.
0: I don't get it. Is it's, it
3: supposed but... to be Batman and Robin but with oh. a bar?
0: Barman and Tobin? Okay, I'll take it. No, I don't. I still don't get it. And you know what? There's probably a deeper meaning to what, a deeper meaning to what Franco's saying that's just going over our heads. All right, what's next?
3: Prestonian. Dude.
0: Oh, tips in like 20 bucks. Yeah. Thank you, Prestonian, for supporting us on that level, man.
3: Dude, John, just watched Boba Fett slash Mando episode six last night, and man, this is the follow-up to the OT that we needed. Maybe not that we deserved. Anyway, so excited for where this whole thing is going. Bring on the filthy.
0: I Again, I thought it was good. But just, oh, this character's here. That makes it awesome. I mm. But they did, I mean, especially when you look at Cad Bane. Like, what they did with Cad Bane in that episode Ugh. was so great. Again, I contend Ahsoka, and I'm very excited about the Ahsoka series because Rosario Dawson, I am. I'm excited about that. But what does she do in this series, in that episode? She did something that Luke, honestly, narratively, Luke should have had that conversation with Mando, not her. They would have been far more powerful and far more meaningful had Luke had that conversation. She literally was there to show up, have a conversation that another character could have had, give a little bit of fan service saying, I'm a friend of the family. Ooh, she referenced the the fact that she knew Anakin, right? A little bit of that and then left. Whereas Cad Bane, Cad Bane just he justified his presence there in that show. He was menacing. He was delivering the message. He gave the Godfather feels. Everything about that was great and perfect, and I, I loved well, it.
1: I, I think one of the problems for me is that I'm watching the show called Book of Boba Fett. Now I'm watching Luke train Grogu. I mean, I know that eventually, tangentially, we'll get back around, but Cad Bane at least was directly connected, connected to the, connected the, main to the story. Pikes and the main Yeah, and okay. I, I just feel like... I'm, uh, just because we've seen these characters, do we have to put every live-action Disney Plus Star Wars character in the same it's what show? The
0: fans are responding to. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I know, but that's. I mean, to me, it's it's they should be responding to the show that's being shown to them,
2: not just yeah. it's Luke's back. Everyone's gonna respond to Luke. They should right. just make a Luke and Grogu show. Mm-hmm. I think if it was because we see from the first episodes the Boba we have now, it's fighting style, me- mental mentality, all that. I think I would I would rather watch what they showed than because it would have just been Boba either sending people to recruit troops or him talking to people. That just
0: didn't sound great. He should have been a part of that. But I will say this in its defense with Grogu and all that kind of stuff. If in the final episode, Grogu does show up, right? And plays some kind of vital role in the climax of the Book of Boba Fett then in hindsight i will think showing the background of what brought grogu here and what personal dilemmas grogu himself had to face to make a decision to come and be a part of that with mando then i'll say that it kind of worked but I, that's only that's something we won't know until yeah, after we see the i episode. guess it's just because you know boba fett is a character
1: that's had mysteries and 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 mystique since 1980 yeah you know and and i thought that we were going to get like the definitive exploration into Boba Fett's character. And like we have maybe she that. No, and and I, I I don't, maybe that's, well, Rob, you know, that's not, why why did you have that expectation? I'm like, well, because the show's called The Book of Boba Fett. I would assume <laughs> that, well, he wrote the book on this, you know, why wouldn't we see that? And I feel in a way, I just find it an odd choice because it seems like with it, what they were getting, that they were, the show, it's almost like they responded. We know they wrote it and it, they made it in advance, yeah. but it's almost like, well, these people aren't responding to this. They don't like our Vespa gang, so... Let's bring back the Mandalorian and Grogu and Luke and all the things that people do like, you know, and I feel that that the show from its conception standpoint is a
2: little strange to me. It it seems like a gateway to their newer, the other shows. But I will say this about Cad Bane. I don't know anything about the character, but that's probably the first dude in Star Wars that actually terrifies me.
0: He He was terrifying. He was terrifying. He was terrifying. terrifying.
2: Like, I don't want to see any of the people I like get into anything with him. even 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 the um, bk yeah he, he he didn't terrify me but this guy he does i don't know why maybe it's the voice maybe this
0: it's just cuz so good. he walks and in he by acting. himself
2: yeah, because everybody yeah. walks everywhere.
1: On, like to walk. Dust Devil, like Richard Stanley's All Dust right. Devil. We still have more in. questions
0: to get through. Actually, thanks for writing that in Prestonia. What's next?
3: This is from Dante Serechia. Hi, friends. My last name is pronounced Serechia, Italian name. Oh, ah. Thank you for giving me that phonetic. I appreciate that. I'm Olive Garden Italian. I can not pronounce anything. <laughs> uh, anyway, this Madam Web movie basically implies live action Spider-Verse, right?
0: Not necessarily. Like too, too often, we as fans, I, myself included, We take some little random bit of information and we construct entire, you know, paradigms of what this now means. Yeah, especially because
1: Mephisto is going to be in this thing too.
0: And 99% of the time we're wrong. So I don't know if it implies anything, but in the comic, she is a multiversal kind of character. So that could very well be about bringing in the enemy. I mean, I don't know. Anything is possible, but I, I don't know if I would say definitively, this implies that this is going to happen. Not sure I'm there yet. All right, what's next?
3: Uh, King Tannic. this is one of two. With a film like Bell, which is awesome, it is eligible to put on the best of my 2022 list, even though it released internationally in the last quarter of 2021, but it wasn't in the US until 2022. Similarly, with No Way Home, a lot of countries didn't get the movie until 2022, but it released in December for us. Should these countries view it as a 2021 or 2022 movie?
0: It's irrelevant semantics, to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter. But if we want to talk about in ways that how is the film actually classified for, for example, you're right. Spider-Man doesn't release in some places, but for the purposes of box office records and for the purposes of Academy Awards and stuff like that, Spider-Man No Way Home is a 2021 film. If you live in Bangladesh and the movie didn't open until February of 2022, well, for you, it's a 2022 film. But then don't be confused when the Oscars qualified as a 2021 or when you go into the IMDb page and it says it's a 2021 film, the year it comes out. Because I've often had this debate with people saying, well, the box office for that has actually made all of its money in 2022. It doesn't matter when it made all its money. The, what matters is if the movie released officially in 2021, that's what the box office numbers are applied to other movies in 2021 it's not about how much money made in this year or that so you're not wrong either way king, T- king tantic you're not wrong if you consider a movie that opened in one country one date and you consider it that year you're perfectly good to do that if you think it's another you're perfectly good to do that anything else to add to any of that guys no no right, so you're, either way king tantic i think you're safe i think you're safe all right thanks for asking man next up
3: uh Gindrew arfield over or under fifty percent in Doctor Strange 2, Thor will kill Andrew, and because of that, Toby will change into Bully Maguire and will go after Thor and Thor. Oh, 4. that's a hundred percent. That's a
0: hundred percent. That's canon. It's it's already canon. Yeah. I believe there's several comic books that oh depict gosh, the yeah. slaying of Spider-Man by Thor. Absolutely. I'd like to see that. I, I'm down for it. All right, what's next?
3: Soul Brother Mac, can we discuss how Ahsoka shared a screen with Luke? What is the story behind that?
0: Well, I mean, I I mean, obviously because she was she was trained by Luke's dad. So there. that's the thing. I'm a friend of the family. Woo! But yeah, so there was that line. But, but, but honestly, there is something poetic about that. I just wish, look, Dave Filoni was directing this episode, which means that this literally could have been an episode about the original building and creation of R2-D2, and he was going to put Ahsoka Tano in it. Let's just, let's just call it what it is, right? I mean, God bless him. Here's your parts. This, this could have been an episode of the Godfather's The Offer, and he would have found a way to put Ahsoka Tano in it. That, it. So it just would have been. So while seeing Ahsoka on screen with her master's son, there's something poetic and beautiful about that. I just wish that if they had predetermined that's a shot we need to have in this episode, then give Ahsoka narrative purpose that really needed her character to be there. Like Ahsoka has to be there because of this. And because she's there for that, we get to have this screenshot of her and Luke together. So I think it's a great moment. It's a wonderful moment. I just wish they'd given her a real legitimate reason to be there. Man, that's just my take on. All right, what's next?
3: Ablo CD. We need RMB back in the windy Wellington, baby.
1: What's what is he talking about? Well, the windy Wellington in Wellington, New Zealand. Wellington. I never
3: even knew. I've well, I never been to Oh, dude. New dude. Okay, that's one right.
1: of my favorite things about Wellington is landing at their airport. The winds. I've never. There are times when I love when planes go awry, oh especially when I'm in them. Oh, Why? I've been waiting for my emergency water landing forever, <laughs> but landing at the Wellington Airport because of the wind. The planes sometimes go like this. Oh, yeah. I, I watch more people freak out on planes. I just sit back and I just smile. Hard no. The Wellington Airport is dope. Like, they should sell tickets just to planes on windy days oh, so you can just get to the planes, fly <laughs> around, take off, fly around, and land at the I'll, Wellington I'll tell you what. Airport.
0: Mm-mm. There was um, one year that we were nominated. I believe we were at Collider at the time but we were nominated at the, for the Academy of Web Television for Best Live Series. Movie Talk was nominated for Best Live Series. And the, the ceremony in the show was being held in Las Vegas. And so uh, we said anybody on the crew who wanted to come down and be in Las Vegas for the ceremony can come on down. And so we had about seven of us there. We went to Las Vegas to be there for the ceremony. By the way, we won. It was a great ceremony. It was an awesome time. One of the crew members who came was Alicia. And I i don't know why I'm freezing on Alicia's last Malone. Malone. Alicia Malone was one of the, the team members who was coming, but she didn't drive down with us. She was flying in to meet us there. This was the worst weather I had ever seen in Las Vegas. The trees weren't just swaying. They were like this. Like the wind and the rain was like anything I'd ever seen. And Alicia was flying in. And the night that Alicia got there, we went and met her. She met us at the restaurant. We were having dinner and she was like, the plane came into land and had to abort three times because it was going, she goes, (laughs) I was looking out the window and literally seeing the runway and then the runway disappearing under the plane because the plane was being pushed away. Three times they went down, tried to land, aborted, circled back around, abort, circle around, abort. The pilot announced that they were going to give it one more shot and they couldn't. They were going to have to turn the plane around and fly back to Los Angeles. Oh, dude. And they landed it, but she said it was the terror. She never oh, wanted to do I that know, again.
1: Oh, man. In New Zealand, they'll land. <laughs> they know how to do it. I <laughs> don't have a chance. In New by, the way, by the way, I'll tell you something else. You only get no one shot twice. Speaking of flyers, so when we were working on Chronicles of Narnia on the South Island up at a place called Flock Hill, where they were shooting the battle sequence, they had a, they had like six helicopters that would ferry the crew up. Those helicopter pilots were truly insane. And because we were the DVD crew, like we could get into whichever helicopter, we'd sometimes just ask them, hey, can you take us up to, sure. Those guys are insane. There's nothing better than flying with New Zealand helicopter pilots if you're not, you can't be scared of flying. Because I I I watched. Now this is when you
0: were there for the Lord of the Rings stuff. No, this
1: was on Chronicles and Narnia. Oh, the Chronicles. Yeah, I didn't get to fly in helicopters for Lord of the Rings, but Chronicles and Narnia because we were there for 14 months. So when we were up at on outside of Christchurch, it's outside of Christchurch on the South Island. Those dudes, man. I don't know where. I don't even know how you learn how to do what they do. But man, it was terrifying.
0: But then we're like, can we go up again. All it's right. the best. Next up.
3: Another Casey Mac. Lots of news came out before today's show. Even Scream 6 was announced.
0: Yeah. They, uh, Rob and I, we were talking about this before the show, that they've announced that they're going to make another Scream movie to follow up on this one. No big surprise. This one had some pretty good success and was actually not a bad little movie. Yeah. So. And it's making money. I actually thought this was it. That was the last. Oh, no. That's never going to be the last. You know why? Because it's never. The, it's new killers every single time. Yeah, so it's yeah. never over. What? It's always the next one.
3: It's always a new killer it's in the same always town. A new, spoiler: What?
0: Always a new killer. You think everybody would just move? move. Just, yeah. just of move move there. Move. All right, what's next?
3: Purple haze four five six four. By I've the way, s- sends in like a twenty
0: dollars super chat. Thank you, Purple Haze, for supporting us on that level.
3: I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I recently watched the Suicide Squad, right? And I am looking at Harley Quinn move set and how she takes guys out again. How the hell doesn't she put up a decent fight with Batman? Uh,
0: well, look, there are a lot of characters who are badass. But there's always a bigger badass. And that biggest badass is Batman. The dude who can beat Superman sometimes. As ridiculous as that is. But that's that's the thing. That's why I always say, like, if you're doing a movie, anything short of Jesus, nobody beats Batman. I mean, that, that's that's it. I mean, Superman will sometimes. I would love to watch Jesus fight Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like anything short of that, the winner is Batman. So yeah, Harley, they make her out in those movies to be great. By the way. Her, she's escaping in this latest Suicide Squad movie and like just wrecking people yeah. on the way out. That is a wonderfully choreographed action sequence. I, I thought that was great, but yes, Batman is still Batman. <laughs> that, that, that's just it. All right, what's next?
3: Jaben Carter, it's a good thing Brady retired. He was getting old. Little known fact, he was on a regular regiment of Metamucil. It really <laughs> helps make things easier to pass.
1: Ah. Uh, Whatever it is. Uh, let's go.
3: Although it's got to be said. At 44
0: years old, this season in the NFL, at 44, Tom Brady led the league in completions, in yards, and in touchdowns. At 44 years old. He led the league in all the major stats. This guy could have gone another 2 or 3 years if he wanted to. It could but, have been a contender. But hey, he's rich, he's married to Gazelle, he's what what's there left to do? He's got companies and businesses good on him. Thank you Tom Brady. All right, what's next?
3: Luke 1 2 3 4 Instead of hiring go-go dancers for After Dark, just get a blow-up doll and tape its feet to the top of a Roomba. <laughs> I don't I want
2: to have just, the air behind
0: it. I've so it's got like my Roomba wind.
3: in the car because I haven't unloaded it from the move. So we can do this right now. Like,
0: wow, love idea. I'll just put the Henry Cavill stand-up <laughs> yeah. on the Roomba and Henry Cavill will be dancing around oh, the okay, background. That's funny. Yeah, and by the way, uh, After Dark is returning in the ne- within the next two two weeks. The next episode of After Dark will be back within the next two weeks. All right. What's
3: next? St. Sire, I love this crew, but my favorite is Chef Pleasures.
0: Oh. Chef Pleasures Chef cooking up pleasure. some goodness. Yeah. Where are we going to go to dinner tonight, by We should go hit, hit someplace up to eat before the movie. Um, it definitely it won't house? be after the movie. Why? The movie's not till 7. No, I mean, because I have a feeling. Yeah, yeah, I have he's a gonna feeling. Oh, you're going gonna
2: gonna to be fine. Gonna, if they do any poop bits, nah. I don't think there's gonna be any poop bits. <laughs> oh, they've they've grown way past. Poop I think dates. yeah, they're yeah, longer. yeah, over sure. there. Yeah, th- those dates are over. They'll
0: they're a- blow up out the or balls, balls now. Yeah, yeah, yeah balls,
2: ball stuff. It's all <laughs> stuff.
0: It's all ball about the stuff's ball fun, stuff. Balls fine,
1: but poop things
2: aren't. No. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not. I'm
0: not I, good won't at poop watch, stuff I won't watch. I
1: won't
2: eat anything watching either one of them. But those things happen. But. <laughs> I don't know.
0: We'll, right, see. we'll see. All right,
3: what's next? Uh, Todd Naprek, I can't see Dune getting a Best Picture win until its story is complete, like the Oscars did with Return of the King before it got Best Picture. Was but,
0: that fair? Uh, but I, no, I don't know that I agree. Look, that's that's saying that the reason Lord of the Rings didn't win Best, uh, like uh, Fellowship of the Ring is because it was the first part. No, it just didn't win. It, I mean, it was, it was great. It was awesome. It, it got nominated, all three of the things. But I mean, Return of the King was just the next level. I mean, that was just that. So I don't know if it's... Look, again, to me, the best picture of the year is West Side Story. I mean, I, and I think that's got... You know what? I thought West Side Story had all the momentum. I, I've been feeling that momentum slipping away a little bit. I'm not quite sure I feel another film picking up the momentum. Mm-hmm. Maybe Year are the Dog or not You're the dog um, power of the, power dog. Power the, power dog. the dog year of the dog um it was just chinese new year i got that on the brain so but i i feel like the, the momentum slipping away but it shouldn't though i still think it should win best picture if you had to give away best picture right now what would you give it to
1: tick tick boom
0: yes uh, tick tick boom would be one of my nominees <laughs>
1: i mean yeah i mean I, I don't think it would win it's just it was my favorite movie of the year
3: same
1: all right but i think west side story there's a there's a argument to be made there
0: Two. Yeah, I think, there's, I think there's a good tight race. Okay, uh, we still got a few to get through here, only let's get, go through the last ones we got here pretty quick. What's next?
3: Kyle Wong, why can't they write TV Star Wars like Game of Thrones, where you watch multiple storylines at once and you get to see the character's story arcs evolve in a 10 to 15 episode series?
0: That's just a formula question. Who cares? Yeah. It, uh, it, this is the thing. We as movie and TV fans, we like to reduce everything down to think, to, to, into terms that we think is easy to grasp. And what's easier to grasp than the idea of formula? Make the comic book movie R-rated. That will make it better. But I think. No. Uh, but I think
1: I understand what he, what our viewers saying in the sense that because it's like this. This show has jerked us around a little bit. Okay. But if they had had, if they had had these storylines sort of interwoven from the beginning, and I, I mean, obviously, what's really weird is if you think that about the time factor, we watched five years in the life of Boba Fett from the time he left the Sarlacc pit. Sure. Now. Yeah. And they but didn't
0: it, do a very good job no, doing the tr- transition of time. N- no, and then
1: suddenly now you're watching all of this happening because you, you were watching the modern day and then Boba Fett with the Tuscans going back and forth. Now we went away from that story, and we're we're with Luke and we're with Grogu, and that was the end of The Mandalorian, which it's been very odd in terms, but and if they had done a better job interweaving the stories, I think it would have been stronger.
0: My my argument against that is. I, I think <laughs> interweaving the stories would have made it feel even less of a Boba Fett show. I I, I think if you had because like if if my theory is right, and it, we're gonna find out next week if I'm right or wrong. I, it's a very good chance it could be wrong, but that the whole point of last week's episode with Mando and this week's episode with Grogu was just to give us the background and context for when they show up in the main thing. Then integrating and interweaving those stories right from the beginning of the season would have felt. Like overkill.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I i agree with that. But I mean, it would have been interesting to see. like I always say Godfather 2 because that structure was so great. It when was. you're going between young Vito Corleone and Michael Corleone, both having to deal with the intricacies of their responsibility and what they're trying to do. And it would have been interesting to see more of, like, even just Boba Fett, what was going on in the present day in Mossespa, as opposed to what was going on with the Tuskins, and make that story interwoven. A lot tighter.
0: Do we all agree in principle, though, that they spent far too much time on Boba Fett's background with the with the Tuscans? Like that should have all been done in like one episode, I think. I agree. All right, what's next?
3: Uh Life Mastery Mindset. I am surprised we have not gotten a BSG movie yet.
0: Dude, I'm waiting. They, they've been talking about new <laughs> Battlestar Galactica movies, they've been talking about new Battlestar Galactica series. Apparently, some things are in motion. Just the, the the mythology and the story of Battlestar Galactic is so good, I and Ronald D. Moore's version is my all-time favorite TV show, but I'm still anxious to see a new iteration of it. I, well, we're
3: well getting, John, you know
1: it's all happened before, and it'll all, all happen, happen again. again.
3: Say, we're getting a new show, aren't we? Uh, yeah, a new movie. yeah but, it, well, okay. but
0: we've been talking about that literally for five years, mm, yeah. Yeah. so I mean, I, I just need to see something actually in motion now. All right, what's next?
3: Anish, in 2014, when I saw Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, I left the theater and immediately prayed to the movie gods that they would allow Matt Reeves to make a Batman movie. Eight years later, here we are. You're welcome. Yeah. It's all on you, Anish. Anish yeah. thank you. It's all
0: on you. Listen, what that is why that exactly what you're saying there, Anish. That is why when my heart broke that we weren't going to have Ben Affleck writing and directing and starring in a Batman movie, uh, it broke my heart. But if it can't be Ben, you'd be hard pressed to find a better. Another choice than matt reeves so yeah it's gonna be great to see all right what's next
3: josie reviews again my box office predictions this weekend for jackass 4 and the oscar award-winning moonfall <laughs> jackass forever 40 mil moonfall 5 mil i'm thinking moonfall nine
0: jackass 30. Moonfall really? nine, Jackass. Three. Oh, that sounds
1: that sounds reasonable. Is that good?
0: For, what do you think? I think,
3: think oh. I, I five sounds good to me. <laughs> I think Jackass
0: might make more. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so, especially if we like it. Ray, you got a prediction? No. Nope. No Six million for Jackass. Right. Seven for Moonfall. Seven for Moonfall. All right. Don't forget, it's not getting the Canadian theaters. Mm-hmm. Oh All right. So that will, yeah. and, and Canada, for those of you who don't know, is considered domestic box office yeah. oh. with the United States. Not nearly as big, so it's not going to hurt it that much, but yeah. that is going to be a factor. Historically,
3: All right. Canada loves the moon.
0: Loves Canada, big, loves the moon. Big moon fans. Big moon people. Huge moon people we are. All right, what's next?
3: John Redcorn, Well, everyone wants Garfield to come back as Spider-Man for sony what do you think could be some drawbacks to it and why don't you think it will happen?
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's very simple. Marvel has, it, the whole notion is Andrew Garfield will come back to be Spider-Man in the Sony-verse and they're going to keep doing Spider-Man movies in the Marvel Marvel has no interest in doing that. Marvel has no interest in making and putting hundreds of millions of dollars into a live action Spider-Man movie when another studio is also doing live action Spider-Man. Sony has no interest in that. Marvel has no interest in that. The other big downfall of that is, we're all recent historians. Everybody forgets a lot of people did not like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I right. always did. I loved him. I've been on that bandwagon the whole time, even when everybody called, called me crazy and dumb. Or he's, I'm I thought you, he's his great. first Amazing Spider-Man, I really liked yeah, with the lizard, Kirk Connors. Yeah, all. Yeah, I thought I, it was I a really good movie. I'm not thrilled with the Amazing Spider-Man 2, but I still thought he was great as Spider-Man. Absolutely. And, and him and her, so, yeah, I I just look. Is it possible? It is possible. I love Rob's notion of the whole idea from where I'm sitting on my screen. I love Rob's idea of Andrew Garfield Spider-Man being in Venom Three. Yeah, I love that idea, and I hope he's right. I just don't think he is. But I mean, you it's you a, see, what, I don't have your any. What's underlying thing for thinking that he would be though? Besides the fact that it's an awesome idea. Well, because
1: I, the only reason being is who's who. Look, Venom two electric boogaloo made money and they're gonna make a they're gonna make a a venom three and who's he gonna fight what's venom's who's venom's foil gonna be and i think with the success look if if this wasn't if no way home wasn't as successful i wouldn't have thought this would happen but with this kind of success it seems like it's a way you can have venom and carnage and 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 Spider-Man in a movie that's still a Venom movie. So it wouldn't interfere with what they want to do in the MCU. I don't think even Kevin Feige. I I, Kevin Feige's kind of guy would be like, you know what would be cool? He's that kind of guy. And I'm sure he's, even him, he's like, you know, it'd be kind of cool if you put Venom in Spider-Man.
0: I would love to see it. I absolutely would. All right, what's next?
3: Brandon Blake, Boba seems like he'd be happier as a galactic animal rescuer than a crime boss. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he needs to reevaluate his life choices.
0: I Look, I I think it all comes down to the final episode. I think it all comes down to the final episode. You know, somebody asked me an interesting question last night. They said, do you think that Book of Boba Fett maybe would have played, as it is, it (laughs) would have played better on like a Netflix where they dropped it all at once. And I thought about that. And I think the answer to that is no, because honestly, I would have turned the show off after the first two hours. The fact that it's going week to week, we have, we have weeks to think about it and speculate about it and pontificate about where things could go. That has kind of kept me on the train. But I think if I had sat down to watch a Five hour view view watch of Boba Fett, I probably would have ditched on this show after hour two. So I, I don't know. I'll never know for sure, but it's an interesting question. All right, what's next?
3: Catch Up on Eggs. Can I get a big fat Twilight Boy?
0: I don't take requests, but uh, Chris just did a good one Here for you. All right, what's next? <laughs> Elizabeth
3: Dorado. The School of Good and Evil is directed by Paul Fig Fe- uh, Feig. Feig, thank you. So it's 100% getting a Kids, Kids Choice, Choice Awards. Kids Choice
0: Awards. Listen, everybody gives Paul shit for that Ghostbusters movie which I don't even think was all that bad. But everybody conveniently forgets he has made some damn great movies. Oh, yeah. And I think there's a reason he attracts the type of talent who like to work with him. So, I, I, look, it might be great. Again, I, I just to me, on maybe this isn't fair. On the surface, it just looks like a Harry Potter ripoff. But maybe once we move beyond the surface, it's going to be very much its own story, so... We'll see. All right, what's next?
3: Another from Anish. Sick of Netflix's anime live adaptations. Now it's One Piece. Ruining Cowboy Bebop and Death Note wasn't enough for them? Uh, I would
0: say getting sick of it when they've done what, two? Third time's charm. Yeah. I mean, two over, when did the Death Note one, and the Death Note one was bad. That
3: was atrocious. But Cowboy Bebop, I didn't think it was as bad as everyone said it was. That blackmail line was gross and awful, but everything else in it I thought was fine. How but,
0: long ago was Death Note though? Oh.
3: Couple like, of years. It was
0: like three or four years. Yeah. Didn't yeah, they, they do Probably the
2: one with the five years ago with the boy in the robot too?
0: Full Metal al- Alchemist. No, Alchemist. that they was, didn't do that. They did Lost in Space. Oh. Netflix had Lost in Space, but that's not that's, a, that. that's not an anime no. adaptation. You're
3: thinking of yeah, Full Metal Alchemist, which mm. was like a fan made oh, thing, okay. I think. So okay. yeah, I, I like a couple of shots
0: in in three or four years. I, I'm not saying I'm over it yet. No. Um, and I still listen. I got a lot of belief their Avatar series is gonna be good.
2: And nice I guy. welcome a One Punch Man. Come on, Netflix. Oh, one Punch Man. Just put it punch up. Just put one, one Punch up. Man. Yes. I don't care if it's crap. Just put it up. Okay, what's next?
3: Uh, cinema Reviews. Calling it now. The cow in the next Peacemaker episode is going to be a Mothra, like he guessed in the pilot, and he'll complain about no jetpack to murder again.
0: You know what? That's a damn good call. That yeah. is like a that. great callback to the Mothra. James Gunn loves his callbacks. Mm-hmm. Loves them. That is a great call. I mean, they're calling it the cow, so maybe yes, maybe no. But I think that's a well done casino. I bet you're right. I bet you're right about that. All right, what's next?
3: Ben Rayner over under twenty percent ring of power trailer for Super Bowl. I say over. Yeah.
0: uh no. It's, 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 it's there's no point in dropping that kind of money for a show that isn't even dropping for another six months yeah. or seven months. It just whatever pop you get from it is going to be gone after a few weeks and you just wasted your money. So Jurassic I, World for sure. Jurassic listen, Jurassic World, Top Gun, Doctor Strange 2. I think those are still did the. Did you ever bets.
1: watch the clip I say? The Tom Cruise, Kansas City Chiefs, since No, Eddie I Bangles did get video. the clip.
0: I got the clip, but I never talked what, what about, about it.
1: They did a they did a Bengals. Uh, it's, it's before Kansas the Bengals City Chiefs Cheech game. And it was like a two-minute trailer where Tom Cruise is talking about football. Oh, okay. And then they're intercutting it with Top Gun footage. Oh, that's cool. It's pretty
0: good. All right, what's next?
3: Elizabeth Dorado. Tommy talking to his junk part. Uh, junk part? To his junk part in Pam and Tommy comes from Tommy Lee's biography. Oh,
0: I never, oh. I, I never read Tommy Lee's biography, but yeah, there is a very wild scene where he's just, him and his dick are just having this big conversation with with between the two of them, and it's it, it, I it, relate, and it's moving and kind of talking to. It's him like venom. Like, <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> <No>. Whoa, <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> I'm hungry, Tommy.
3: <laughs> I need to bleach my brain.
2: Find
1: me, Pamela.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, I that need was... a blonde,
1: Tommy.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Oh what's, boy. what's next? Larry Lee sent in a super chat. Thank you, Larry Lee. And Bartleby Scribner sent in a twenty dollars super chat. So thank. Oh, just Bartleby. to be
0: supportive. Yeah. Thank you, Bartleby. Appreciate that very much. And guys, that'll do it. For today's installment on that Venom picture in your head. Oh, no. That'll do it for today's installment of the John Cabe Show. Thank you so much for being here, guys, and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those comments and questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported our channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Cabe Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Also want to thank the people in the room sitting over here. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people follow you? (laughs)
1: sorry i'm still laughing about it. you can find me on instagram at robert my Burnett. you can find me on twitter at Burnett rm or find me on my own youtube channel the Burnett work and right beside
0: him the jackass anticipating ray aura ray where can people follow you uh, ray or with a zero <laughs> and by the way don't forget guys you'll be able to see me and ray doing our right out of the theater reaction tonight for the movie and right beside him of course is chris Carr. chris where can people find you
3: oh uh, washing out my mind's eye today uh <laughs> at actor chris Carr on both twitter and instagram
0: and you guys can follow me on social media simply at john campia that'll do it for us for today guys thanks a lot for being here my name is john campia and until next time my friends bye-bye